0: The Commander Crunch Podcast is brought to you by puremtgo.com Head over there for great articles covering all formats of the game we all love This podcast is also brought to you by Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar Your home for magic card auctions in Australia, New Zealand and Malaysia Now, on to the podcast, it's breakfast time Welcome to Commander Crunch, Episode Forty Four. You're here for your nutritious serving of tasty Commander treats, served up on the regular. We're all about celebrating the culture, community, and creativity of primarily our favourite format of Magic: The Gatherings Commander (EDH), plus a side serving of entertainment, pop culture discussions for ancillary influences, and just great discussions with great people. Uh, I'm of course one of your hosts, Sam, as uh, Chesh has has written here, Sam Boy Chipper. What, or is that you? We'll find out in a second. Got you. I'm always always generally joined by... Actually, it wasn't last week uh, or the, the week before, but uh, he's back this time. But DJ Cheshi Chesh, uh, Cheshire yeah. plays, as it were. Breaker of boys clubs, <laughs> as I wrote here. <laughs> what does that mean this week, Chesh? What did you do?
1: Because uh, if, if you're going to respond to a heartfelt post in a community forum, like a Facebook group, uh, about how you feel uh uh unrepresented being a female or somebody who is not a cis white uh het male in a uh basketball group. Yeah, we're talking about NBA uh, cards shit- mm. yeah, okay. shit bags uh like this this one dickhead who just wrote woke uh should really fuck off mm. and uh I will always stand up for people uh which is what I did and jumped in on that post and was like, no, actually I think you need to check your priorities and fuck right off. And then I wrote a big post and the post was locked before I could hit send. Wow. Uh, basically <laughs> going, going Basically going through and saying, if anyone in this post has a problem, like you can just DM me directly and I'll give you my phone number and we can talk it out.
0: So we <laughs> we were talking a bit pre-show about this and um, about interesting uh, spheres of, you know, uh, approachability and that kind of stuff. And, and I kind of... I was I was saving this convo for here, but basically, I'm a massive NBA fan, basketball fan, but it was, I realized kind of this week that this kind of happening and seeing that, that like how impenetrable this kind of sphere is and that I don't really like to associate. Like I love NBA, I love basketball. I fucking hate the fans sometimes, like awful humans. Like it's just the most despicable, like you have card scene which I used to do some stuff with Cheshin and kind of keep an eye on that kind of thing and and credit to you Chesh you 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 know you love it and you, you kind of do awesome things there but yeah there's just the sad reality is uh we've made some great friends there but like the sad reality is there's still just a lot of boys and and just really like stuck in ways type stuff that you have a couple of uh female content creators coming up in the scene doing you know stuff for NBA cards And and credit to them because what a hostile environment to walk into. And just to like write a really diplomatic post about, hey, can we just normalize some language here? Maybe not just do, you know, maybe go, hey, all, hey, folks, you know, rather than, hey, lads, hey, guys. There's a lot of that going on. Mm. And um, and it was just really like sensible and everything the way she put it and like to then get a response like that, which is as we broke it down. It's very like people just put up the thing go, it's easy to respond to things with humor. Um, but what that acts to do is completely dismantle and discredit every part of what she's saying and, and go, ha, huh, you're not welcome here, that kind of thing. And it just, there's, there's you know, I was, I was having a pretty good week and that just rattled me to the core. It made me so angry. and made me realize that I was like, yeah, I've kind of just been like, not dismissing, but I've like I've kind of not wanted to tackle or like uh, face the, the shittiness of what is basketball culture sometimes or like, you know, fandoms. And um, but yeah, that's that's all what, I have to say. <laughs> what's
1: that toxic ma- masculinity in male-based sports? Ugh. What? <laughs> Who would have yeah, t- not,
2: not in my America. Exactly. Hashtag
1: NFL. Hashtag players killing wives. Hashtag OJ Simpson getting off scot-free. Just saying,
0: what a yeah, exactly <laughs> what a, what a rabbit hole. So um, anyway, that's that's such a deep uh, pit of things we could talk about. Oh, oh, oh.
1: hashtag literal
0: Spreewell. Yeah, 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 that's one too. Um, Oof, boy, <laughs> plenty of stuff. Uh, but uh, oh yeah, the only other one, Chesh, I, I mentioned in the week too. Like it's like kind of like view at your own peril type thing. But you know, if anyone ever needs a, like an indication of where this kind of masculinity kind of runs rampant and is disgusting, is um, just watch an NBA Instagram post whenever they post anything about the WNBA. And it's, I I look on then try not to look. It's awful. It's the most, like, I I won't even get started how, like, you know, we've still got so far to go, you know, it's just far out. Um, And I think it's a lot of people just going, yeah, they kind of play all the stuff. And it's like, hey, every one of these athletes could torch any of you in the comments. Like, it's not about (laughs) skill or anything. Yeah, exactly. They're like, we don't want to know about this. Anyway. I won't get there I'll I'll get too angry and I'm not often angry but like far <laughs> Isn't I, that your secret? You're always angry. Oh no, that's mine. <laughs> no, that's that's Chesh's super super uh quote unquote secret identity. Anyway, so we're we're gonna uh you know pivot things over to the happy side and um yeah just just be really stoked to talk to a guest again this week and um introduce said guest uh with the introduction that um I've removed my little intro for guests again chesh I've had nice. to wing this why do I do this to myself <laughs> anyway um while I find another one I'll uh, I'll I'll kind of hold on for a second cuz I I'm not, not going to wing it this time cuz it's It's a nice hard. little behind the scenes look right there though Exactly, exactly. And I'm going to keep on because it's awesome. Here we go. I, I wrote this sentence like months ago and it's still my favorite thing to introduce things. So, our guest profiles with the community and creators have become a place to share and explore the essence of Commander, why we play, in an effort to promote and celebrate those, just in the form of lovely conversations. There we go. See, it work. Um This week, we're we're joined by such a great voice of positivity and inclusivity and cdh that's right cdh the the mystical c we haven't talked about much on this cha- uh, this this podcast we're talking about the breaker of uh, pub stomper myths uh they're a cultivator of community and a hugely important voice for mental health awareness and queer representation in magic it's dan aka moderately anonymous mtg how you doing dan
2: I'm doing great. Thank you. That was such a lovely intro, uh, and I'm honestly really glad that we had that conversation about the uh, the NBA before we started, because like, uh, for everyone listening, this is the first time that the three of us have ever really talked before, and yeah. it's nice to just come into this uh, situation and be like, all right, these people are cool. These are people I would hang out <laughs> with. Let's do it.
0: <laughs> and here we are, exactly. We're we're breakfast time. You're in, uh, like we said, 7.30-ish uh, Philly cheesesteak time, which is, um, you know... Prime. <laughs> I got one in each yeah.
2: grip right now.
0: <laughs> exactly. We're so glad to have you here. And as we joked, it's been a little while coming. I've talked to you for a little bit just here and there going, hey, we'd love to have you on the show. Always love what you've been doing, um, your voice. And And as far as I've just been so keen for a while to really break down why people have a misconception of cdh and as i've harped on about for a while uh as someone who doesn't play any i'll put that there so forgive me if i'm uh, i don't know what i'm talking about when it comes to cdh but that's fine uh so I've, i mean I've that's played... what we're here to talk about that's right that's right um i have absorbed a bunch of content in in a way that makes me smile in that i i see a few kind of um key figures kind of flying the flag for hey guys seriously like it's it's just it's not about pub stomping it's not about this you know shitty arms race it is you know it's it's just a different way to play in that hey guess what we established that the rules are about you know having a lot of fun with high-powered stuff and playing really you know uh fast and tight and that kind of thing but it can also be very creative and so it's like yourself it's it's you know watching what spike feeders do as well um i know you'll fill me in on a few others that, that kind of thing but it's just it's i think a lot of people have been a little bit burnt by uh or might have an idea or they heard of an idea of what you know, a Pub Stomper came in, did this X, Y, Z, which I've, I've definitely had that before. Someone mm-hmm. being deceptive about their, their rule zero, so to speak, and kind of literally just trying to feel great about themselves on that day when maybe things aren't going that great. And they just want to smash some people and it's like with pre-cons and it's like, that's a, that's a hollow win. And that's a person issue, not a card issue, you know? Um, so yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think uh, that's, that's really the base of what, where things start out is that uh, people equate pub stompers with C D H players, which, like, both of those things exist. Some CEDH players, I'm sure, are pub stompers out there. I personally haven't met any of them. Um, but if for the most part, uh, like, CEDH players want to play CEDH games. Like, they're, they're, it would be... Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's like playing your, your legacy deck against a modern deck. It's like, well, we can, like, do this, but, like, it, it doesn't... This isn't testing what I want to test in this deck, which yeah, is how it yeah. goes up, up against these other matches. Um, and I, everyone has had a, a uh, an experience with pub stompers in their life before. Like, I've definitely been pub stomped by mm. people at the LGS, and it feels shitty. And, like, I can understand why people don't want to experience that again. And uh, to go back to, like, the thing of, like these two subsets of people like both exist. I was just listening to a podcast by another CDH group called the Mind Sculptors, but they're talking yep, yep. about a bit of the history of CDH. Um, there is a very, uh, a very famous uh, legacy and vintage player named Bryant cook who built what is like largely pointed to as the first CDH deck ever called uh, yeah. pile of broken. <laughs> yeah. It, it was just this demure pile of stuff Uh, This is back in like 2008 when Talarian Academy and things like that were still legal. And it was just this Mm. glorified, like, uh, hyper-competitive, high-tide deck trying to just tendrils of agony the table. Um, And when people would talk to Brian about why he made this deck and why he played this deck, he would talk in a way of like, I I am a pub stomper. They're like, there's uh, in that old adage of there's a finite amount of magic or fun to be had in a game of magic. And I want to have all of it. Uh, that sort of mentality, but like <laughs> there is something to be said where like CDH players need to think about that being one of the progenitors of uh, this meta and the way that we play and being like that. That is part of where we came from, but like that is not what makes this format or this meta what it is now. Of Just like people who are really dedicated to building hyper efficient decks in interesting ways and just really wanting to like push the limits of what you can do in EDH. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think underline that interesting one too. And, and it's, it's a good timing that I had a great chat to um, uh, Cowboy Kyle two weeks ago about, uh, finally have had someone to talk about uh, with Canadian Highlander. And it's like I've played a little bit mm. of it and I was talking to Chesh before. Canadian Highlander is actually the the one place I've kind of just proxied stuff because she, like, I don't need to proxy things and we'll get to that whole thing in in a great way because I know you've got some awesome points on this uh, and views on it. But I was like, yeah, we this is a format where it's generally like formulated on positivity and self-improvement like collectively like everyone's excited for each other everyone's mm-hmm. excited about bettering the format um it may you can play some high-powered stuff and that's the good fun of it kind of thing but there's su- there's such a there's such room for interesting uh creative kind of builds at the same time too and i think i i like to put it too like you um you had a really great point in your blog about like magic as a sport let's show some sportsmanship which i know mm. we can get down to there. that you know this is where this this has some great analogs with what we're talking about with um you know nba stuff too actually like when i think about i was talking to chesh before about what it feels to play basketball and when you lose that kind of thing like you know you, let's not get too down on that kind of thing however there's there's an element that i like to put for uh, i've done a lot of surfing and skateboarding and i find those have the best kind of collective cultures that they're about personal development in a way but that the the community kind of collectively cares about each other and improving everyone you know in in that kind of way and i always try and like think about it that way that i i definitely look at canadian highlander it has that kind of side of things and I, I tend to look at that to channel how cdh can work too like we, we we're on an axis of power and that is awesome that's fine like that's that's the the kind of uh the measuring stick the 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 Uh, you know the goal we're kind of looking at and by once that's set it's almost relaxing to go cool like it's not it's not gonna be a worry about bringing something too powerful to the table let's see who can ramp it up to 11 uh yeah probably do it creatively as well like and and have a laugh with it and and i think that's really awesome
2: yeah i think that that's honestly my favorite thing about the meta of cdh is that there is never that discrepancy or that like point in time where you're sitting at the table and you're just like oh gosh the deck that i brought is like clearly a different power level than everyone else's and this is not fun for me anymore yeah there's just never that misconception that happens like if you have a less like uh quote-unquote optimized deck like you know that you're gonna have to work a little bit harder for it but like you you got to be there for the challenge and that's totally fine um but yeah like it's a great way to just make sure that everyone is on the same level playing field um, but it is also, like, you will find that most CDH players, or at least the ones that I like to play with, are, like, very relaxed when they're playing. Like, I totally. I come from playing casual for a lot longer than I ever played competitive. I only picked up competitive maybe a little bit more than a year ago. Like, a year and a half ago, maybe. Mm. Um, but I, I still, like, bring that same, like, beer and pretzels mentality of, <laughs> like, why I love playing just card games in general. Like... Yeah. The reason I love playing card games is because I love socializing with my friends and like I also love to play really powerful magic and the two of them go right together. And that's a big part of like why I chose to not do a narrated YouTube series and rather just like mm-hmm. let her audio go through is just because like it's so it's so much fun to watch people have fun playing CDH because it is really yeah. fun and really exciting in a way that I think is really captivating.
0: Yeah, it captures that energy exactly, and and something we try and, and chase in, you know. I think Rule Zero is all about too. It's like that we're trying to essentially chase uh, that perfect balance of everyone's on the same page, and and CDH it, is absolutely a way to do that. Like it's it's you know um, it's a different style of outlet in a way. Like, and mm-hmm. I like to put it that way that I when I can, I love to play modern. I love to play draft. I think trying to get one, you know, one format, and it, it can for some people, but like for instance casual uh casual commander to be the be all and end all of your magic experience sometimes can't do it you know like it's 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 worthwhile to have a couple of different you know contrasts there to like a couple of different outlets go hey guess what the 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 objectives of this one are a bit different you know we can put it like i say i keep going back to that point it's almost relaxing when you don't have to worry about being on the you know the same level whatever because there are no there are no kind of you know stops essentially it's, it's just whatever the band list is essentially so um but yeah so, and as we we're saying there's so much creativity and what can happen in that space which is really interesting and you know it's kind of fun to keep up with the meta as well because you know everything always has the you know this is the boogeyman this is doing a lot of stuff and i've heard you talk about you're, like, you're personally not too fast about things like you know Sorical or anything like that it's like i think it's you know as, as far as i can gauge it's in a it's in a pretty nice space at the moment too it's in a pretty good One of the
2: oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Josh.
1: I've been trying to interject <laughs> for like 20 minutes. I, I know. It's like, it I'm not going we'll to interrupt Josh the first thing that you are trying to say. <laughs> well, it, it's funny because that almost feels like it ties into what my question is going to be. Um, so you were talking about different power levels. Um, and, and obviously, if you know that you're bringing a lower power level, you've got to work for it. Yeah. Do CEDH budget decks exist within CDH? my because my my personal philosophy here is well i mean yeah absolutely do Mm. yes you know you have to work harder for it but like like anything like any um that can be more fulfilling too yeah Mm -hmm. because because like all right so i do have some friends who play cdh uh i obviously haven't played them for two years because of the pandemic but i was actually making cdh videos um around budget decks on Mm. youtube for quite a while um I think I was doing it for about a year and was getting some really great views, but I always had those couple of shitbags who would come on and be all like, CDH doesn't have budget decks. What are you doing? This isn't an, a CEDH deck. It's like, well, it, it is because I, think I it can to- play whatever I, the fuck I, I want. Totally like, can. Yeah, I think Yeah, exactly. I'm the type of person who does bring a, a fucking pre-con to an EDH game. Never to a CEDH game. game, yeah. but definitely to an EDH game because I'm like, I want to push this you know, this pile of crap that that I've just opened (laughs) to the limit and let's see how well it can do in generally speaking. Most of the recent decks are really good, but, um, because my philosophy is I, I personally don't like to proxy something. Mm -hmm. If I don't own it, I don't play it. I also don't want to go out and buy moxes or anything like that to like ramp my game. Um, if i'm playing like i like the like uh, let's see what let's
0: see what we can do what we have type thing you know yeah, sometimes yeah, which is yeah, kind yeah. of fun and, and that's like, exactly, exactly
1: yeah that's exactly it because my philosophy when it comes to my collection is like i will go out of my way and buy something if i think it's integral to a deck mm. if it makes the deck work but if it's just something about like ramping up the deck um and making the deck a little faster or like getting a turn three kill or something i'll be like it's fine we can leave that. Yeah. I think that one of the other problems there is that people seem to think that CDH is a three-turn format, which is cool. incorrect. Cool. Um, Increasingly,
2: like and, over and, the past couple of months, it's gotten slower and yeah. more mid-range oh, yeah. and
1: grindy. Exactly, exactly. And and it, it is to do about like obviously, you know, what people are playing um and who's coming into the format and you know how the meta is evolving um especially being in the middle of a pandemic. But, but, my question goes back to do c e d h budget decks exist um are are they somewhat viable for somebody who wants to just come into c d h and have a bit of fun um who who knows how to play magic, and I'm not saying for newer players because uh, that just becomes a bit dicey if, anything, if you're coming into cdh yeah i'm gonna expect you, you, you know how you, to play edh you for can last. even argue
0: you know that's the whole thing going on it's like maybe even casual command is probably not the best thing for new players but we'll get to that exactly yeah oh my gosh no no yeah, <laughs> we, we <laughs> can get like, to that later but i have so many feelings about introducing
2: someone with a hundred oh, and four player form <laughs> yeah no. way to make you <laughs> never want to play magic again like <laughs> i know <laughs> um so yes like cdh budget decks totally absolutely exist of course they do like you it's it's interesting because CEDH players are so um they're so used to budgeting or um, i'm sorry proxying their decks for the most part and increasingly you'll see that across like people uh, now that the pandemic has happened there's just a lot of people being like well, i don't want to spend money on cardboard but i do want to play these powerful cards and some yeah. people don't feel that way that like like you do just like just like i don't have these cards so i don't want to play them and that's fine and you'll totally see people like in comment sections on Facebook groups being like, I, I can't afford a time twister. Like what should I use instead of a time twister? Like is Echo of Beyonds <laughs> or something like that. Okay. And like, it's like, oh yeah. Like it's, it's considerably worse because of all the reasons that it is considerably yeah, yeah. worse between those two cards. Um But it, yeah, just like at the end of the day, there are certain choices that you want to make. And some people like, I think a big part of like the question, like even the reason why the question do CDH budget decks exist is because they just look different than say a casual budget EDH uh, deck list, where like it, it you're obviously never going to get a, like a fifty dollar budget CEDH deck list because that's just putting your bar or like your ceiling rather like so Way too low, low. <laughs> yeah. That just like you're never going to be able to compete at the table. But uh, like a big part of it is like okay, well maybe I'll play a uh, one color rather than like a three or four color deck, so I don't have to buy dual lands or like. Mm-hmm. It, it's hard to pass up the Mox diamond because that's considered one of like the big four artifacts that you would put in any CDH deck to just like have that proper amount of momentum. But like you can not use a lion's eye diamond. And if you're going to do underworld breach loops, like you can use a lotus petal to do the same thing. It's just more difficult. Mm. Um, shout out to uh, my buddy Timmy T1000 who runs CDH budget brews, which is a whole YouTube channel just dedicated to talking about uh CDH philosophy and also brewing really sweet budget decks.
0: Is that um, the website as well? Yeah. I um, just found that and I was like, Chesh, I found your Yuriko list. I have most of <laughs> the cards. It's awesome. Dude, You'll love it. It's called I, Cobra I'm Kai. Sure,
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have a budget C D H uh Yuriko, Yuriko deck. Oh, that's YouTube. so sweet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because that was that was one of the first ones that I was building in because I was like Because I I think famously now, I love Yuriko. Yeah. Um everyone knows I love Commander Ninjutsu to the point where some people around our play group refuse to play against that particular deck. I think it's
0: fine. Like It's, it's exactly, a fine deck. Exactly. It's
1: not overly powerful. If I'm going to win on turn, like, eight or turn 10, that's not It's not breaking the EDH yeah, rule. Exactly. That's <laughs> a no, perfect example Let's of a budget
2: it. deck, though, where, like, that, it fits in so well of, like, even to just go to, like, I can't afford a Time Twister, like, Echo is better for your, your Rico deck mm-hmm. where you want to flip mm-hmm. that off the top. You can replace so many things with just, like, cheaper evasive creatures you don't have to run imperial seal so just run a grim tutor and like yeah, yeah. oracle and demonic consultation those are like budget-ish uh for like in terms of cedh enough so like you still have the most concise combo in the format
0: yeah, yeah, totally. You get to run uh, some uh, wicked, uh, some wicked things like Contagion, a, ca- a, a card I love because it's got skeletons and my cat on it. And uh, <laughs> as a as a free spell, it's like the it's the force I of will for minus it- minus two minus one counters. It's so sweet. It's yeah, a- <laughs> I, I actually
1: think that might have been one of the videos that got some hate because I think it was two two CDH players came on and were like bagging me in the comments, going like, you know, uh, you've got all this artifact mana ramp and it, it shouldn't be in here because it makes your deck slower and i'm like no it's in there to make the deck faster yeah. like if you can't see how that would make this deck faster uh, like and wait if- until you hit turn five and and then I'm just taking all the turns and I'm killing the table. People's critiques like, are
0: always going to be a thing too. And it's like, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, it's how they do them, which is, you know, the wonderful anon- anonymity of the internet too. You're always going to get that mm. yes. but, uh, Yeah, Yeah. Everyone and, wants and, to and think that they're an expert. Sorry, sorry Dan, yeah, exactly. I completely derailed that whole thing. Like getting excited about, but you can continue on budget brews. As a, as, <laughs> as, as a, as a place, we definitely need to shout out now that we've, uh, I've, I've found that this is the place, <laughs>
2: Uh, I think that's, like, more or less everything I had to say about it, yeah. But just, yeah, they totally exist. They're just different, and they are going to look different. I think naturally you'll get people uh, who are just going to make those sorts of comments who are like, oh, like, this isn't CEDH because of these certain options. And Mm -hmm. there is something to be said of, like, uh, I I always tell people to start with net decks when they're trying to get into CEDH just because it's so, like, the same way that you wouldn't, like, try to start playing legacy by just like brewing yourself. Cause you have no idea what other oh, people totally, are playing and totally. things like that. Um, but yeah, people always want to try to act like there is just a singular way to play the game, but uh, it, there's so many, uh, there's so many different ways to creatively play CDH. And it's really all about the mindset that you're bringing to your individual card choices. And like, it, there's always room for improvement, but like it's mm. it's just about the intention that you're putting behind your deck of just like am I optimizing this to the best of my ability, and if you are building a budget deck, you're gonna have like different limits uh and that's totally yeah. okay,
0: yeah, I think intentions that uh, another underlying point, and I think you've you had a, a really great uh blog article about that too uh, in your personal blog, which I'll link in the comments of course, but intention's a word that just comes up, like, uh, again, in my mind, a lot. To, and in this this carries over to casual as well, but just, just to think about what you're doing and, and what your effect is uh, across the table, of course, and, you know, what, what kind of environment you, you intend to step into, that kind of thing, for sure. But, um, yeah, have to shout out the Budget Brews uh, decklist names because this is kind of like Canlander, too. Like, this is the type of format, and maybe by virtue of uh, the power, the archetypes, that kind of thing, for some reason, it is this type of place where... People might just make really cool decklist names because it's sometimes not so much about the commander, it's about the effect. Yeah, uh, and then C- Canlanders of course like just the interesting uh interactions and archetypes you make as well. But even just some off the top, like I said, that that Eureka List Chesh was called Cobra Kai, which is kind of funny. Love it. <laughs> uh Speed Reader for Cody Vers Versiferous mm-hmm. Codex, which I saw I, I saw you playing Cody on one of um one of your streams recently, uh Dan, which uh, Yeah, it's a like really fun a ton day. of fun. Oh, totally, totally. Uh there's another one, where was it? Uh this one like Budget wrong, but still pog. <laughs> so good. Uh to Tim to Tuesday was pretty funny. Uh, where was it? half a seared sausage made me laugh. The Crocs are tighter of, <laughs> of 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 Death's Hunger, which is pretty pretty awesome. Um, oh KCI Tesha made me laugh because you had a tweet about Lenny this week. Uh, or commented mm-hmm. about Lenny that uh, and I wanted to shout out and I didn't get the chance to tweet it. But um, you're saying it's like Lenny has uh the tendency to or when when they can't kind of, like admit that they're Uh, can actually play a bit of CDH or has that like mindset as well. And I said, I was going to say, Lenny has such an amazing set of gears to go and and a social awareness to go. I can play... The weirdest casual, especially budget things too. Like um, mm-hmm. his uh, his Gumball Urza is amazing and casual for sure, and and an absolute triumph of deck building in that it's Urza, but it's not the card you think it is. Uh, but at the same time, I know I know Lenny has a Teshar deck that absolutely hammers. I believe that is a CDH deck as well. And um, yeah, I got Teshar. to play
2: against him on it. He was very good at it. He's a very gifted pilot. He's a great oh great totally. Player.
0: Yeah, and 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 just an like magnificent person to boot too. So um, those kind of people that just go, yeah. Guess what? You can be, you know. I think of those people too. It's like, guess what? Competitive and nice person. Uh, don't have to be mutually exclusive terms. Like, I think, yeah, we've we've kind of been burnt by the people that we think are like, oh, this is the competitive crowds. Like, no, 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 no. Like, it's you know, I think those people are are, are definitely not what you um want to be thinking about the, the kind of negative <laughs> side of thing at all. But the competitive crowd get- is is
2: weird because like it it, so to weird. even go like- back to like the funny deck names, like people like it's a really small crowd. And one way yeah. that you stand out and build your clout in the crowd is to like have the funny deck list name, and if it really does yeah. well, then <laughs> like it's some more clout. For- for you, yeah, totally.
0: Totally. The last one I saw, Metapod for uh, Atana and uh, Timna uh, Brew, which was great. Metapod is fantastic, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so good, but yeah, so exactly. Like, budget is there, uh, it can work, like you say, um, and and also just a, a nice, like, you know, if if interested, and I think, I mean, the best thing to do is check out your content, of course, and just go look how much fun they're having, <laughs> you know, they get to play these hype out cards, like, it's it's kind of just awesome to see what you know card combinations and synergies and really tight play can do too because it's the way i look at it too i was like oh not that i need to become a better player but that's the type of thing go oh it actually it's fun and and you know interesting to become better and feel like you're getting better at something and learning something and i think that's the key there too and you can get a different experience there from maybe just casual um and and you know absolutely uh include all kinds of magic in in your sphere and Try yeah. and see how it all kind of fits together for sure. But um, yeah. Um, what I was going to move over to was uh, we kind of got my, like uh, a little bit into the main stuff, which is awesome. We'll continue that. But um, more a day-to-day look of uh, what we've been doing in what we like to call Brewer's Notes, which is just like see what we've been working on, do a bit of a um, uh, a book club on... Any updates lately, games to played, that kind of thing, which I'll include you in too, Dan, of course. And anything that you, has your attentions lately, uh, anything you're excited to brew, uh, have any cards maybe from later set kind of got you interested, that kind of thing, um, for anything you're putting together. I will
2: tell you that I am really bad at keeping up with what is going on in Magic these days. I oh, see new cards. I from, think we're all uh,
0: like six months behind, right? <laughs>
2: yeah, every time I see a new card from AFR, this set, I really gave in to like, there are too many words on all of these cards. I'm not yes, going to read them. I'll figure for them out sure, individually. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, no particular like uh, like new cards from AFR or anything, but um, mm. I have been really getting back into uh, playing Kess and the Cody deck that you mentioned. Yeah, um, yeah. Cass has been my main deck for quite a while since the flash ban that that moved up to my my main deck. Um, and just recently I've taken I was taking a long break from playing it as my main deck and trying out all sorts of different decks. I think I have like nine or ten different competitive decks now that mm-hmm. I just sort of like i like to have the variety of different things that I can play on stream. So I'm not just playing the same old thing all the time. Although now for the past like couple months, I have just playing <laughs> been playing Cast for like four hours straight every <laughs> every single night. <laughs>
0: I love it. You just um, say you're really a Grixis like, mage, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like the
2: thing is, is like there's a reason why it's my main deck is because it's really fun that I really like understand and get the way that it works, and it's been really fun to go back to it now that there are like more options and new things, especially with Modern Horizons, and start testing different cards and uh, just trying to really work on this deck and understand it in a way that. Um, it's just really satisfying to me. Like the thing that I really love about CEDH is just studying a deck so much mm, that mm. I always feel like I know where I'm going, like to, to look at an opening hand of seven cards and like, just imagine an entire game off of that. Like it really, it, uh, it satisfies some part of my brain that I really just, I love completing puzzles.
0: Yeah. And that's a great point too, to think about, you know, and, and that's, that's what of magic and exploration is anyway. Like it's, it's finding what you enjoy about it because you know, see, uh, sorry, EDH casually kind of does have a uh, you know like it's 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 a preference towards yeah the solving puzzles. There's also a massive social element to it, and um, that can be for me personally what I get the most out of. But then there's that absolutely that 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 aspect as well of of puzzle solving. That if you want to ramp that up to eleven, uh, to to try something like that and then build that relationship with your deck is so huge too. Because I don't think there's any other place where you, I mean maybe your modern deck or whatever as well. Like people have uh i'd like to say people used to be able to have their modern deck for for three years but that's it's kind of a bit like it, it's it really
2: is like the way that people used to play legacy and vintage and modern yeah, like yeah. you bought into your deck and like you better hope you like it because you're going to be playing it for a long time because it was <laughs> exactly. expensive like especially if yeah. you're in like in legacy like you try to start out with something like mono red so it's not too expensive but then like yeah if you want to like Play a Grixis Delver deck, like that's going to cost you a lot of money. So, like you, mm-hmm. you learn the ins and outs of it, and you play it for years and and you look at those players who like were just known for one deck, uh, like Feline Longmore, a, a legendary High Tide player. She just like rocked the yeah. hell out of tables long beyond High Tide being like a really good deck, but she was just so good at it. And to watch her go through her post High Tide lines, just storming off and counting like up to Islands, tapping for twenty mana and it's just it's really satisfying to watch someone who is really good with their deck
0: exactly exactly and that's that's a, another big draw to the um the format as well it's like you know it, like i said it's like it's seeing what people like what the cards can do but also more important more importantly what the people can do too so um which is a nice little link actually to um uh a point i had for my brewer's notes was uh i think just going through, uh, you know, getting ready for this episode, that kind of thing. Being, you know, really excited to talk to you about all this stuff and and changing uh, gears a little bit into, you know, the CDH side of things that we don't look at so much. I kind of it made me look back at a deck uh, that I used to have that was the closest thing I had to a CDH deck because it was it, I didn't put much money into it. It just the Cards accumulated, and it was a deck that kind of just started to evolve into something that actually became quite quick and powerful. The Salvala Explore Return deck that I had um, yeah. years ago, and that used to absolutely hum with Paradox Engine, so it became a thing. It's like, all oh, right, cool, that th- this is I don't bring this out unless it's the place or time for it, but it's like it would, you know, it could very quickly find that Paradox Engine and just combo off and do other things with Wirewall Symbiote, that kind of thing, too. But um mate it made me um smile when i saw andy flory from guardian project on uh he's been on a couple mm-hmm. of your streams and uh he had one that he was rocking uh Violet, and it was like yes you can do it totally and and especially these days it's it's there's a few combos with uh what's the changeling that changes everything and you can do wirewood symbiote stuff it's just really interesting that's like a card like that you're like oh okay so there's a there's a a mana dork that taps and gives people cards and you know that kind of thing. You get mana out of it. You know how can that be CDH? Like almost anything can be in a way. Like it's that one is an aggressive kind of, uh, quite an aggressive mana accelerant and uh, yeah, you know just a and and card draw engine too if you can kind of get the thing going. And I was like, sweet. So I've 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 picked up the deck uh, back up and and found all the pieces. And I was I was having a look at a couple of different deck lists this week. And and seeing what I would have in my collection that I could kind of chuck this together without being you know I don't necessarily need to buy anything for it, uh, but probably more along that budget realm and, and seeing what it can do and and maybe have a uh, a game with some folks for sure. So looking forward to it.
2: I mean that's one of those ones that I think like really speaks to the intention of like on face value y- you could ask like. Is a deck that draws all of your opponents, their entire deck, a good deck (laughs) to play in CDH? No, probably not. But, you know, it is good if you put down a a Grand Abolish or you play all of the white silence effects that there are now. There are so many ways that you can just absolutely bend this over backwards.
0: You get some really fun D&T pieces, which I enjoy. That's the crossover. I love a lot of those from Modern. And, um, you know, if it's the type of thing, I'll I'd I'd probably play Legacy d if I could. And it's, you know, I, I I love that side of things. That's the almost cathartic way of like, it's in, enjoyable to to get better at something. And mm-hmm. and Death and Taxes in Modern was the one that, I, I only picked it for budget reasons because I had four Aether vials and I didn't have Fetchlands. Mm-hmm. And someone's like, put that together. I'm like, sweet, yeah, we'll do. I've got some Eldrazi displaces and weird things. And, um, <laughs> cool and 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 i had a friend at the store i remember there's a very important person said uh he was absolutely like just a lovely person and i haven't talked to him for ages but he played it in modern legacy as well it's his favorite archetype and he goes it will make you a better magic player like you know you've got to learn some weird interest intricacies about how flicker wisps work and like blink <laughs> and like all this stuff and it was all new to me because i was still quite new it was like i i i'll I'll stick to it and i just i grew to really love a lot of those pieces too and you know m- maybe Nothing not makes you a stacks. better
2: player than like learning to play new formats
0: oh totally and I, what even felt like sometimes it felt like i had a cardboard sword versus you know a, a real life dragon uh, mm-hmm. but sometimes you could grind out you know and and find little edges of advantage that weren't as obvious and you kind of you're, you're trying to use those to your advantage that kind of thing and and i I found that really, really fun and I've, I've kind of absolutely loved it. And I kind of look to play those kind of things more. And so to see some of those pieces, you can, you often do run like a silence or you run, you know, like you say a grand abolisher or a, or a uh, one of the, even mind sensor flash that mm-hmm. in, you know, just make sure so no one's, uh, um, kind of shuffling, but, um, it's, at the heart of it, what you're going to see in a CDH game is is just interactivity. Like, you're going to see so much stuff, like changing hands, yeah. like, you know, uh, responses to things. And that is a lot of fun. Like, it is it's really, really cool to see. So, um, but yeah, a long-winded way of shouting out also that episode would we'll check out the way Andy Flory, which amazing commander player, I've got to say, uh, He's always great. enjoyed. He's a
2: really, really good player.
0: Lovely person to talk to and and just, yeah, so really, so t- like, really excellent player too to watch just, you know... Um, just just some awesome stuff happen and like i can see him he's been doing cdh stuff more and more just like guesting on things and like I, I can tell he really loves it like he's he's, he's really so good funny
2: it. the way he'll like he really plays like oh i'm just playing my cards and he's just absolutely <laughs> fucking walloping the table
0: <laughs> exactly i have exactly. been whooped
2: by andy so many times at like tables with like fearsome players but like yeah And he doesn't know who they are. They're just like some dudes to him that he just met. Like, oh, this guy Deco, nice. He's a nice guy. But Deco is also Deco from CDH Brazil, who like whoops everyone's ass all the time because he's one of the best players in the world. It's just like, oh, I don't know. Quick one, two. Here you go.
0: Oh, I love it. I love it. It's so good. It, it's Andy's got that... Um, we've had some great, even like in the casual spectrum where it's like you get to... And again, it's like I I feel like the goal of Commander, you know, people can say it's a casual format, it's a this, and it's like, I, I don't care, it's fine. It can be whatever you discuss it to be. But at the heart of it, I think there's a there's a generally uh, universal kind of objective to be on the same page as people. And, and when you have yeah. that game where you're down to the wire and you're both like literally... A turn away, like uh, an action away, and it, it, it's that like kind of drama and intensity. That's where you want to be, and and to have those games is excellent. I've, I've had those. I've, I've had a couple with Andy where it's like he he has a Noyan, a Noyandar deck, which is just sounds oh, yeah. like not not great. It's freaking amazing. No, it's it, good. <laughs> it's he's it's hard and so He loves that deck. He's, it's amazing, and it, and he, he pilots it very very well. So, um yeah, a no, shout out to that for sure. So. The only other thing – I mean, back to a little bit of casual talk was um, I I was – I've always got a few decks kind of just slowly kind of ticking over uh, to put together – one that I had a few pieces for, and I think I ordered a couple for, it was a bad idea I've had for ages, which is just mono blue cephalid mill. So um, <gasps> to do. I a, love cephalid. Ab- <laughs> oh my goodness. Ab- what? <laughs> I love them. They're just, they're, they're weird, squiddy creatures. Apparently in the story, they're assholes. Like they're, they're Oh, they're horrendous. <laughs> they're horrendous. They're horrendous. <laughs> like homerids. Beings. To find out the lobster people were like awful. I, was like, oh, I didn't I know about the cool. homerids. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. The Fallen Empire's homerids are, yeah, whatever. But, uh, you know, who knows? Nice. But Fuck maybe, those lobsters. May- Maybe that's just subjective, you know, like history is written by the winners, basically. So, you know, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <Fuck Yeah. Thursdays. laughs> I'm a product of so, the American education system. I know that one. That's right, that's, <laughs> right. uh, that's been a fun one because I just love dumb cephalids. Uh, I, I joke at the end of the episode every time to send us pictures of cephalids, but um, I'm going to put that deck together. It's going to be funny. It's doing a bunch of tapping stuff without being too, I don't want to do it, you know uh linger things on for too mm-hmm. many hours or anything like that. That's not the objective. Um I will tell
2: uh, you that t- I had that Cephalid legend that uh, I forget what what it's called There's- or what it does. Uh, but I had <laughs> that foil sitting in my binder I'm going to say for five or six years and always looking at it and be like, I'm going to build.
0: Oh yeah. Again. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's me and Abishan. I'm like, your, I just, mm, your time yes, has Abishan. come. That, yes. Yeah. That's, that's Abishan. The and there's the other one, which can be like ridiculously rude. The, uh, uh, in, in casual, of course, but, uh, what's it called? Uh, Lawan, Cephalid Empress. So there's the emperor and the empress The Lawan yeah, is, she uh, she goes, you bounce all opponents, blue creatures, I believe. And then they can't cast blue creature spells.
2: That like is rude just, as hell.
0: <laughs> I love it. It's fantastic.
2: So, As a death club player in casual, oh, that's rude oh, as hell. Oh, totally.
0: It's 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 you know depending on what how you again like the the effects in casual it's depending on how you're gonna play them of course you know uh it's it's kind of like comedy in a way it's like it's it's timing and, and execution all that stuff and um you know but by beware but that can be a funny time for sure if you're in the right crowd but uh I yeah, mean to def- speak back to
2: like the whole like uh, the spirit of the format kind of a thing that you mm-hmm. brought up earlier like I on I I agree that the spirit of the format is casual like you can see that in the way that the rules yeah, are constructed totally. in the way that like cards are banned like coalition victory and like yep, yep. biorhythm and weird things like that and like even looking at the 40 life total like 40 is a gigantic amount of life oh, are you yeah. kidding me like that's why ad nauseum is a good card in this format it's just like that's yeah. so much life to play with you can get punched for like 15 and it's still a great <laughs> card and like you get punched down to 20 like okay now i've got a pyramid of the abyss in my deck so we're still going there's just yeah, nothing yeah, to exactly, stop me because exactly. i got 40 dang life it's not um, i definitely think zero, that like yet. cdh players are the ones who are I, 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 making a perversion of it, I think is t- going too far, but they're definitely like the ones who are pushing it to its limit. Um, mm. but it's just all about like just, uh, accurately stating what kind of magic that you're trying to play because there's no truly wrong way to play EDH. Exactly. It's just making sure that you're playing the same kind as other people. Like, and the first thing I'll say to people when I'm going to play casual is just like, are we playing mana crypt decks? Like, is this a mana crypt deck? Are we playing yeah, Gaius yeah. Cradles? Like, totally. are we playing tutors? Like, there's just all sorts of little things like that that just yeah. really help it a lot to make sure that you're playing the same power level.
0: Yeah, that's that intention thing. Are you you trying to gain every advantage you can uh, to to kind of get there? And and some people like it's it's interesting the way it it, it gets complex too. Some people have been pushed into that way by. Uh, or, or starting to include a, a few more like pieces of faster manner because they feel like they can't keep up with their friends or that kind of thing, and, and mm-hmm. we've seen that kind of evolve from there, of course. And sometimes that does end up at CDH in a, in a you know way, as long as that can be acknowledged for sure. But um, yeah, no, I love it. Um, the The other point there, I was going to say in uh, for the kind of final brewers' notes things, and to uh, to to bring Chesh back into it, but uh, we did have our game finally. In, in the casualist of most casual sense, because there were un-cards flying around. Uh, finally did uh, Rod, the King of Engineers, uh, challenge to see who can make the uh, the deck that could venture into the dungeon the most. Mm-hmm. And um, that was a good time. That was that was really fun. So we had... Caitlin actually went a bit different because uh, I think she had a dragon deck, die, like doing die rolls, because I think all her cards for her... Um, her uh, venture into the dungeon... Kind of, she was going to do. I think by rule zero rules, she was going to do Alleywick Tumblestrom. I think as as a as a commander, which was totally cool. cool. Mono green. Um, she, I think she die rolled like fourteen times, which was pretty interesting. Um, Chesh had the what you you still had the pre-continue, But you you've uh, changed, slightly upgraded, changed that to be a bit more aristocrat based. So the Esper yep. legend that, that that cares about it made
1: because it made sense. Like oh, totally to the, the, that that deck slaps like.
0: Yeah, I've enjoyed that deck a lot, Chesh. It's been a lot of fun, and it's um, it does a lot of cool, interesting things. And when you, it's 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 been a funny one that you know you said it before, Dan, about like the cards in AFR having a lot of words on them. I wholeheartedly <laughs> agree. I still don't know what the dungeons do. You know, I have to check every time. Oh my I'm gosh, aware. no. No, I've, got I've these played against several flash down, and I'm like,
2: oh no! Like you're gonna have to tell me every time because I don't
0: know. I mean, oh yeah,
2: I, I still don't remember.
0: In, in my head, a cloudy thing happens whenever that happens, and, and it's like, oh, sometimes it makes this token. Sometimes it just like it minds desires, kind of off the top a little bit, and it's like, ah. I'm yes. full on
2: Homer Simpson. Like if you zoom into my brain, you're gonna see the monkey clapping.
0: <laughs> oh, totally. Or oh, it's I I just get it's drinking the water, which is like. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that was that was awesome. Chesh, uh Chesh got. So stamped out by uh by Rod uh kind of with some some pretty pretty fair threat assessment I'll say Chesh because <laughs> no I'm kidding. <laughs> um yeah that, that was early on. Rod was playing I think Varys, the mono green one and so any time a uh, creature entered was uh was a good time and it ventured to the dungeon that way. I think it was eighteen times he, he did finally and I played Zolto, the mono red one. So I did a lot of ping effects to go Everything takes one damage, everything takes two damage and uh you know Zalto kind of gets to venture the dungeon that way, and I think I got up to thirteen, I think. Uh, Ventures of the Dungeon in Mono Red nice. for a, uh, nice. a color that didn't have many other cards that ventured in the dungeon. So I was pretty happy. So that was, that was a good game. A lot of fun. <laughs> fun. A lot of yeah, weird yeah. stuff happening. <laughs> exactly. I'm actually going to be playing a game
2: tomorrow uh, with some people who two of our four are going to be playing uh, Planeswalker, like Rule Zero, CEDH decks. Yeah, nice. I nice. unfortunately didn't have time to brew one, but I was like, I feel like Ashiok Dream Render has just got to be the yeah. best Doomsday Commander of all time. That'd be hot. (laughs) That'd be really good.
1: The only thing that really annoyed me... um, Okay, so uh, this is something that we need to talk about at the end of a game after two and a half hours.
0: Go for it, go for it.
1: (laughs) End the fucking game. (laughs) Don't make any more... Uh, deals with people <laughs> if you kill one person and not kill another person. That's going to drag the fucking game on. We totally Yo, with
2: you. Yes. yes,
1: don't fucking do it. People going <laughs> to realize
2: are. that, like, the game ending is like. Often the best thing that can happen. Like it's so great when the game ends. (laughs) Like you don't need to board wipe. Sometimes we can all just say we've been playing this game for an hour and a half. I'm gonna let that person win. I've got everything I need in my hand to stop them, and I'm not gonna do it because they've got the most stuff. They you won. Congrats.
0: And and I think too, like sometimes holding that back as I think who was it? Uh Peter, Mono Whiteboarder had a great point about that when we're talking about like uh he said, I don't want someone to sit there and go, I've got the answer, but I'm not gonna you know, I'm not going to launch it because X, Y, Z. Like, I don't want to be patronized. Like, that's not the, you know, it's it's mm-hmm. just do it. Like, that's fine. Let's go to the next one. But yeah, especially like, I think that that multiplier really amplifies chess when you get to hour two and, and it's like, no, just do it kind yes. of thing too. And, yeah, um, totally. It, Sometimes it, it, it just, the game and
2: is, it, needs to be over.
1: Yep. Yeah. And it just, it's, it's going to fucking drive me about shit, especially, <laughs> especially if I haven't eaten dinner. Yeah, I was going to say. Almost <laughs> 12. Yes. It's almost twelve AM, yeah. and I just want to eat dinner. And like, yep. y- if you are elongating a long game that has been long already, for the sake of I don't know, <laughs> hanging out with people longer, like just fucking don't, because it's gonna it's gonna make me angry. <laughs>
0: oh been carry that anger I for weeks. And I I'm not gonna <laughs> want to play
1: with you for weeks because of. A, a shitty decision you made to somehow drag the game out. <laughs> I, I know Rod's listening to this. For fucking 20 minutes. Right? I know Rod's listening to this and he's <laughs> going to message
0: you back with the best rationale and like he's going to be apologizing and all this stuff. Anyway. <laughs> now, Rod, you should have just let the game
2: end for sure. I, I don't <laughs> even yeah, yeah, know, know who you are, but I yeah. agree with Chash. Exactly.
1: So this this is one of the points that I like to make. Um, and And I have brought it up before about how to play with your table mm-hmm. and how to assess if your table is having fun. Mm-hmm. And if you do this at, at hour two thirty, 30, yes. um, your table is going to, or at least some of your table is going to look at you and go, what the fuck <laughs> is going on in your head? What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Because yes. the game was coming to an end and then you decided to king make in a separate way to make it last longer which you didn't need to do. Mm. Just let the game run its course. You don't need to do that. If you're not going to win, then don't win. I think it also, also did. Don't s- force so the game I didn't to go win longer. either,
0: which is very interesting. I don't know if he is. Yeah. I know. <laughs>
1: well, that's the thing, right? Because you, you should have won that game. I right? left something which in my graveyard.
0: Been. I probably should have been able to trigger. I'd only noticed afterwards. On my arc, Oh, oh have, it doesn't I, matter. I could, I could have
1: finished. It e- either way, it doesn't matter. What I'm getting at is the fact that you should have won that game. Mm. Right? You were the next person up to have their turn that would have been able to actually beat out everyone. Yep. And instead the game got elongated, which made me go like, well fuck, You're like <laughs> I I I just wanna eat dinner. Like, do I do I be rude and leave the table? Or do I just mute my mic and swear?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's the fun... with I with I've got to say, Chesh, it's like we, we have figured out a lot of those things in a, in the type of environment where we can not end friendships over them as well. We can discuss them and go, you know, and, and swear at each other and have a bit of fun and um, go, Sometimes that was a shitty to thing, a thing to point. do. And it's yeah. like, I think that's quite healthy. I love that. I, th- I
2: sure. think, I agree. I think that that's a healthy thing to just like, especially if you can just be like, you were being an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes... <laughs> Sometimes you don't realize it. Sometimes you're just yeah. in the middle of it and you're like, "Oh man, I can't even think straight. I think I gotta counter that spell right
0: now." <laughs> no, you didn't. Oh, totally. Or, or you, sometimes you're worried about like you know doing, uh, making someone feel a certain other way, and you're like, you completely miss the I- idea of like, oh, you're just dragging the game out. It's like, oh, yeah, maybe. Scouting ship
1: <laughs> deserves to die on sight.
0: Oh, totally, totally. <laughs> that's 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 gonna be a feud to go on for a while, or maybe not, because I think it's fine. I joked about it, but um, yeah, a stream. A month ago or whatever, uh, when Chesh destroyed Skeleton Ship four times, um, but Skeleton, <laughs> Skeleton Ship still won, so I'm happy. So, anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the uh, the 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 kind of the the galleon of bones reigned supreme. I was happy. Anyway, so that was that was kind of Brewer's notes. Uh, a bit of a mishmash of things going on. I've got a few more things to brew. That kind of thing, but I think I'll keep looking forward to uh, you know putting some pieces together for. I, I think the, identi- the identity is there now that I do want Selvala to be, you know, I, I wouldn't mind having a nice little C E D H deck in my, uh, my quiver uh, to jump on certain streams from time to time and have a bit of fun. Or most importantly, just learn from um, the people who are entrenched into this awesome side of magic for sure. So, um, yeah. Um, which, another little segue, yeah. Uh, Let's find out more about uh, yourself, Dan, and, 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 and more about how Moderately Anonymous started and, and how the last year has been for you and, you know, how that's changed potentially even like your life uh, as far as becoming that kind of community figure. And, uh, you know, kind of, I, I imagine kind of just growing your network of, of, of magic connections and, and how that's changed. Yeah, again, that connection with life and even with magic, that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, how, how has your last year or so been?
2: Um, it's been, there's been a lot of change over the last year. It's been really weird. Um, I have been making content on Instagram for like a bunch of years. Like I mm. I bought a Gaia's cradle one day and I wanted to share it with somebody, but none of my friends are really into magic. So I was like, I'll start an Instagram account. Um, and then I, I guess it was, yeah, like probably like right around the beginning of the pandemic where myself, Alan from mental misplay, uh, my buddy, the commander guru, a few other people were all just like we should just start streaming these games because we had already been Mm -hmm. playing um, over uh, Skype for like a year before the pandemic, just because we Mm -hmm. were all friends uh, through Instagram and we all wanted to start playing with each other. So uh, the pandemic came around. We already all had webcams and setups and everything like that. So we just started streaming them. Um, And then eventually I realized I should probably be putting things on YouTube. It, It all like came in pieces. Like eventually I realized that I should be putting things on YouTube. Eventually I realized I should be putting things on Twitter um, And it all just kind of has been me learning how to do all this stuff in real time. I've like yeah, never yeah. been on Twitter or never been a video editor before.
0: But you figure um, it out exactly, you know, like yeah. it's it's one step at a time, exactly. And that's that's the beauty I just of networks. Two two videos. Too. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like how how does this work? And you you know, I've seen some of those kind of uh groups form too, and then like um especially like kind of yeah, content creator ones too. It's become support networks, you know, ask how a day is doing that kind of thing, but also like, oh I'm how do I make this thumbnail or how does this piece of audio work and some people even asking me about audio questions now i'm like i'm not an audio person (laughs) well i'll point you to the youtube video that Um, i watched about it yeah mine's held together with duct tape like exactly it's 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 a you know not the greatest but we figure it out exactly i think that's really positive
2: yeah no i love when anytime someone is like oh i really love the quality of your youtube videos i'm like that it blows me away because i did not even know how to do this less than a year ago. I think I started oh, yeah. making YouTube videos in like December or something.
0: Yeah. And I think that's that's a great little um, you know, uh takeaway from that too and and, you know, for yourself and most people. It's like it's just when you look at what say you've learned something over a year or something, like, hey, you can use this for anything. Like you can use uh this aptitude to kind of figure something out on, you know, don't don't ever limit yourself to what you can and can't do. You're like you can figure it out exactly. I was looking that way in my bread. I was like the way I I kinda of got into baking and I kind of produce bread now I'd happily pay for. I was like, this is awesome. That's all I ever wanted to do, you know? And it's yeah. like, I I don't, I didn't look at it, thankfully, uh, like a lot of things maybe I do in life where it's like, oh, objective driven straight away. I want that gratification. I kind of slowed down and go, I'm going to just pump the brakes on that, not expect anything and then be pleasantly delighted. And that, that's, that's the way definitely I've found with content creation. Like you say, it's just uh, don't look at, you wanna be the the very best of blah 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 blah. Like it's like no just one step at a time. It's like if I can, you know, focus in isolation for a second about like just improve this a little bit. Before you know it, you've like, oh wow, I really improved that. That was amazing.
2: Yeah. It started out as just like I needed something to do, so this like filled up my time. And yeah. then, you know, you like you get the small pleasures of like, oh I figured out how to do this new thing and that was really cool. And no, oh, I can I can figure out how to make this stuff better, and eventually you realize like, oh, I can just like I can continue to take inspiration from other people and figure out how to do what they're doing and make it part of what I'm doing. And just it's like, it starts out as just this thing you do to fill time and it's fun. And then it's just like, Oh nice. Like other people are enjoying this. Like that is, that's its own separate pleasure. Like I'm glad that people enjoy this. I would probably do it either way just because it has been a good way to consume my time.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and self gratification there for sure. But yeah, I think that's the thing I was going to point on to and, and, and ask you about that. Like, did you, or uh, you kind of answered, I guess, but you didn't particularly go into it needing a certain kind of uh, external outlet, or like you, uh, you know, the, to be a figure, or you know, f- to to realize that you're actually being a representative in a certain way. And I'm I'm sure that's been a um, kind of uh, interesting and lovely surprise to be in that role. Because the one the one that brings me up, it like uh, what makes me think about that too is I was watching your um, your interview on Stacked EDH, and they've been doing some awesome stuff. And um, yeah uh it was just one comment and it's like someone and it just made me so i was like this is the stuff we need to see And then someone just goes it's so nice to see queer representation in magic and and you know people being really open and just going in and being kind of respectful and and you know welcoming that kind of thing it's awesome like it's it's really, really yeah. awesome so once yeah, people I was started gonna-
2: paying attention i like that i started talking a lot with alan uh, from mental misplay about like The way that we can be ambassadors for CEDH and make people, like, just flip the script on the way that they've been thinking about this stuff. And then also my own realization that, like, oh, I can be, like, I can be a a front-facing non-binary person that's making magic content, and that would be great. Because, like, I, I know some now that I've been, like, doing this and getting in touch with other people who do it, but, like, I didn't see many of them
0: yeah yeah totally and and thankfully, we're starting to see a uh, an environment where people feel more and more welcome like there's there's some shitty spaces of the internet that um you know like thankfully, I have to say I know reddit's good in some respects, but there's places I'll never touch and I don't want to look at anymore and and you know you just like they make you feel like people can't exist you know in, in this community and it's it's to to go now that like, I actually I, even people like oh Twitter. Like I always had the idea that Twitter was toxic, and now it's where I spend all my time. It's what you make it, and it's the the, the communities you cultivate, kind of thing too. And I'm st- I, I, I'm really happy to be in a space now to be like I'm I, I'm seeing more and more people feel confident enough and 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 comfortable to kind of uh, go, you know, what I'm I'm you know I don't need to be the biggest creator, but I feel like I've got something to offer, and I feel like accepted, and and especially um, you know in in terms of diversity that kind of thing. Whereas maybe even a few years ago probably would never feel welcome you know like the internet yeah. is a scary place and i i have to think that i you know we've seen a burst in content creation that kind of thing in the last year or so in a way that some people could find oh there's more competition that's not the way to look at it you know that's it's a happy place it is i think we all support each other we all enjoy each other's company and you know inadvertently become a support network which is lovely too so um you know i think i'm all for it more people starting to do their stuff like be a part of it because you know it's definitely changed our lives kind of having more people to talk to and yeah. actually make this place you know make this game a positive place to be you know and and, and a thing to do and you know fight the good fight because otherwise it's going to be uh you know all those kind of unsavory types on uh, on on said certain reddit uh, uh places I'll, i won't talk about but um you know you can't let them win fuck those guys no i mean you're
2: totally right though is that like, i i remember so- seeing someone tweet uh like oh mtg twitter is just like high school like it's just so yeah. clicky and it's like well it's like high school if high school is fucking cool like i get to hang out with all these awesome <laughs> so that people one, yeah. who are like really like cool and sweet like i've met so many really great people uh, yeah. making content around like that um and also to speak to a point you said earlier about like you don't have to set out to like be the greatest. just like start doing it like sincerely like if you ever think about Mm. uh like listener if you ever think about making content just do it because like it is fun to do and you get to start meeting cool people but unsolicited advice i one day i just decided i'm going to start calling my channel the greatest cdh content in the multiverse and now other people say it back to me because like that's just how (laughs) words work like you just implant ideas in people's brains so like
0: that's some free unsolicited advice there it's kinda of genius and I love that and because it's a it's I have a, a it's marketing a self-assurance, background, so it's I, a, I, I use my skills oh from that. <laughs> it's a self assurance, you know, like it's 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 really nice and, and I, you know, wholeheartedly agree because it is a you know, such a positive place and you've done such a great job of, you know, going we do good stuff. Like it's you know, it's about uh, upholding these values we care about for sure. And I think that that goes that actually is what makes up the greatest content, not about the, you know, potentially the views that kind of thing it's like so. not what it actually means so you know in my humble opinion but uh, i love it no
2: I, so, I agree with you there's like there's lots of different ways to value content and like it's definitely not just by the vanity metrics of how many views you have yeah. or how many subscribers you have like a, a big thing with making content is just doing it because it's coming from a place of just passion and something that you want to do and like i have like my my motives behind just wanting more representation out and like it can be for something like that or it doesn't have to be something like that it can just be for having fun
0: yeah totally totally so um uh no love that and i'm, I'm glad we cover that all off and and kind of uh to see a bit more about where where it came from and everything and, and you know all i hope is just yeah I'm, I'm i'm sure you will but just keep doing what you're doing and, and you know uh keep having that energy because we've talked about it a bit too like when when it comes from that place It's easy to see, you know, and I think it's easy to see conversely when someone's kind of getting a bit over it or they're doing it for the different reasons and it's like doesn't have that soul. So, um, no, it's, it's, it's an energy that is contagious. So it's like, it's yeah, this is why we play this game because it's a, it's a community and it's fun and it's, it's, you know, it's about kind of supporting each other. And I love that, love that to be
2: I thought about making this Twitter thread the other day about like, I, I don't like magic, I think anymore, like I don't care. (laughs) I don't care about the things that Watsi makes anymore. Yeah. Um, and, like, I just love playing Magic, like, with my friends and things like that. And, actually, I heard LSV also <laughs> uh, I re- say this same sort of sentiment. Like, someone asked him, like, oh, what new products were you excited about that they announced? And he's like, I have... I have no interest in yeah, whatever you don't is have coming to. out. You I don't hope have there's play like, as well. Right? Yeah, like I hope there's fun cards. Like that's that's mm-hmm. the extent of what I think about it. It's like I hope that there's fun cards that come out. But like at the end of the day, like if they never made another magic card again, I would still have fun playing magic with my friends. Like it's just genuine totally. passion about just having fun with people that you love.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that that brings up a great point. Um, I remember talking to Coach Davey about it. Uh, what feels like years ago it was, uh, I think in the teens or something or so of, of our episode so last year sometime but that that point that keeps resonating with me like getting comfortable with a, with the idea of like what would happen if the game just shriveled up and died like as in like as they just stopped making products because they burnt it in the ground so to speak and it's like mm. what what holds it together
1: uh well they kept producing
0: Fortnite cards oh for the- and it, that's the whole thing <laughs> I, i'm f- like I don't know it's just, it's not my taste, but I'm fine, like what i am not surprised, no. I think that's the main thing no. it's like it is what no. it is that of course they're going to make money, but it's I think getting comfortable with the no, idea no. that so it- i
1: was I was fine with the my little pony thing, right
0: yeah I, I think I famously came out and said,
1: Look, it's not for me, and that's fine, yeah." When it comes to Fortnite, though, it's more about the shitty fucking company that they've decided oh, that they I, want I get to work with. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and and how predatory that company is mm. that makes me angry. Ah,
0: anyway. that I have no, I have no, I I'm not actually fully uh, up to date with all that stuff, but I've heard. Yeah, all you need to do no is look topic. up
1: uh, Apple versus Epic Games. <laughs> oh, is current is Epic lawsuit. isn't it?
0: Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um but no, no, I agree. And it, I think it's 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 also that's that's a part where we talk about where, you know, certain companies are representing certain ideals, you know, potentially whatever. But I think, yeah, like to that point though, it's being comfortable with the fact that like, you know, that it's it's an idea that this game could exist without them and we could keep it going anyway. Like, you know, we could we could play with the cards we've got and we could still have fun. And we don't need them to print any more cards and we'd still find a way. We could edh can live on despite you know you in, in a great i way. used to
2: feel sort of nervous uh, like thinking about like the collapse of magic like oh man like would i really keep playing but like now that i like fully don't care about the cards that they produce and i like almost yeah. never buy real cards anymore and pretty much only make proxy decks like yeah i, I truly couldn't care less
0: uh what yeah happens. totally <laughs>
2: there's so many cards there's like twenty five thousand cards like it's enough that's fine
0: yeah, exactly. Um, so it, it's an interesting one. I know that the topic's going to come up a bit, and I'm surprised it took us this long to even kind of talk about what's coming out, but we don't even need to talk about it that much. It's fine. But I think uh, you made a great point too, and it's one I like to put when um, it seems to come up every time a new IP is attributed with magic. Uh, at the end of the day, I mean, uh, my advice is just to be a solid, you know, be an ambassador or a custodian for the, the game and what the game represents rather than the game pieces uh and and go this is what we get out of it from a community perspective uh maybe don't i don't know Slander to people for their or like this doesn't belong in the game or whatever um yeah that kind of thing because they're game pieces they really are like it's it's fine like it's i think let's focus on that side rather than actually what the things are coming out kind of thing rather than go. oh we don't need xyz fans part of it it's like no you just They're people. Like, I don't know.
2: Yeah, no. Like, the sadder thing is honestly, like, I understand those people who are upset with uh, just, like, the Fortnite as a concept. Like, that's not magic. Like, because this, it is the unfortunate realization that this game is not the game that you grew up with. It's not the same, like, you're not odyssey block standard like being a teenager anymore like magic is a really different thing and like honestly you kind of, i i came to grips with this and it was really like a sort of watershed moment for me it's like um, magic is just not really for me anymore like that's okay though like, yeah. I, I just continue my, it It takes a lot less effort to be angry about it, for sure, than to, like, totally, tweet totally. up a storm about how much Fortnite sucks. Like, I hope the Fortnite cards are cool. Yeah, <laughs> I hope totally, they're, like, totally. strong cards. I guess like, they're going to be reprints. Whatever. I, whatever the Neon destin- uh, Dynasty, I hope the, I hope the cards are powerful. I hope there's another uro.
0: Totally, and it's like yeah, even flavor things. so I can be like, what oh, Eureka cool things. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Neon Eureko. hell yeah, that's cool. Uh, I was gonna say it's, and I was talking to Rod about it too, and like Rod's like, oh, I like Art Deco, so that'd be a fun one to have some art kind of, you know, influences. And like, totally, just as like aesthetic pieces, kind of thing too. And again, I hope the cards are cool because that is the side of magic, and it's a weird dichotomy sometimes. There's that what can. F- you know, feel like soulless, like money making behavior, whatever. You know, they're still very talented designers and people putting a lot of heart and soul into making the like the game design interesting in this game. Yeah, I know it's hard to get it right every time. Yeah, it's going to be sometimes there's things that kind of skew the balance. When does that not happen exactly? Because yeah. they're they're taking more risks, of course. So I think, like you say, I hope the cards are cool. Yeah, <laughs> like hope the hope they're cool mechanics. I hope they keep doing that side of things too because um you know aesthetically they're doing a bunch of great stuff you know that can be tied to having more collectibles to sell to whales i know but it is what it is of course yeah. they're, they're going to make money like why wouldn't it's, they?
2: it's a very delicate balance between like being tacky and being on point and like yes, ramping your yeah. power level too far but i think that generally the the payoff is worth the risk because they have like mm-hmm. gone into some cool design spaces um, there are certain things like uh, companions that that really made me be like, wow, this game is going in a whole different. Oh place. yeah. Fundamentally <laughs> changing the rules. You have an eighth card in your hand now. Okay. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like it's, I think that there are many risks that they have taken where it's just been like, it, I, I, I think you just generally have to keep in mind that it's okay that the game changes. Like yes, people exactly. really hate to look at the new changes and be like, this wasn't right. And this is terrible. And, but people don't realize how long it takes to see that things didn't mm-hmm. work and then put it into a new design space and then put it into a real card that, like that's several years down the line. Like people keep totally. complaining about how bad white is, but like it takes like two to three years from you tweeting about how bad white is to th- like the cards <laughs> that they do something like I guess Sentinel <laughs> is like the first one.
0: Yeah, totally. Totally. They put that into the universe and there's, there's even some subtle ones, but you know, it's, it's, yeah, Exactly. It takes time, that kind of thing too. And I think there's also that whole thing. It was like, oh, why didn't they figure this out in testing? I'm like, testing's one thing. Like there's nothing, we know this in video game things too. It's like there's there is nothing quite like millions and millions of people as a, as your focus group. Mm-hmm. Rather than a, ha- a select handful of the question, some is like, t- I
2: can't believe they didn't realize this it combos with a common from alliance. Yeah, 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 oh, I can, exactly. I can absolutely believe that that yeah, they're not oh, keeping that common in mind.
0: They've ruined the secondary market. Like you know, exactly. I can't get my something a fritz. So was like, yeah. yeah anyway, that's it's totally, totally. But uh, yeah, no, I think I, I, you know, sometimes I feel like I've got the the stance on some things. It's fine. Like you know, while there's a burning building, but. You, you you're absolutely right. It's like it's it's a I'm there's energy. I'm just not willing to kind of exp, you know uh, kind of just waste on things. And yeah. it's more it's it's the it's you know sports analogies are running rife in this episode. But it's the yelling with the referee. It's like I know what that company wants to do, and I know there's no slowing down that bus. Like it's just or that train. Mm-hmm. It's it's it is what it is. I don't know what it's going to mean for the future of the co- like the company or like you know people's engagement. As far as I know, they just keep selling cards. That's fine. You know, um, they're gonna the, the the audience is gonna grow greater. That's fine. Um, you know, find what we love and, and enjoy the game. That's fine. And I don't have to buy everything as well. Like, it, 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 I think that's another no important
2: thing to. that people can realize. Like, it is fine to just like to not buy any more cards from them and just like totally. not have this <laughs> this horrible fever dream addiction in your life. Like, it's fine.
0: Yeah. Totally, and and they do support, like, and, uh, that's the thing. We don't have to, we're in EDH if we're playing that. Like, we don't have to, adhere by any kind of rules. Because I know people say, oh, but it's the, you know, in the rules about taking something to an event and if it's for play, you can use proxies or whatever for playtesting, mm-hmm. it's fine. It's like, well what is life if not playtesting, yeah? <laughs> like, exactly. So it, it's like the stakes could never be lower when it comes to what we're doing. It's, it's you know, it's fine. So, um, yeah, just just take a break. Uh, you know, have fun. Enjoy it is my advice. And, and you yeah, know, just you don't have to waste that much energy on it. And I have to say the person who kind of like uh, really solidified, like, uh, you know, made me kind of just feel comfortable with that that that. Like facet of and view of the game this week is someone not much to do with EDH, and that's that's why it's an interesting perspective. But I started watching a lot of uh, Daquan Watson's stuff this week, uh, Power Dragon, Mm. and he's just like casual view on the game, just really chill. He he totally would just be like, "Yep, it's fine." Like it's it's I don't need to have a crazy reactionary view on things. Like it may Mm. feel like I need to as a YouTube creator, but like it's cool, it's fine. And he's just got a really nice calm demeanor about like you know. Um, I'm not into Fortnite, that's whatever. I, I don't I'm not even a good person to talk about you know, I don't have the, the view yeah. to talk about it, so let's not. Like that's fine. Like let's hope the cards are okay, <laughs> like you know, that kind of thing. So yeah. So shout out to uh Daquan for sure. Um, He's great, yeah. uh,
2: and it was just like the exact same thing with the LSV that I was thing I was mentioning. Is a lot of people in the chat trying to like spark that inflammatory conversation. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What did you think of Fortnite? He's like, I have no idea, <laughs> like anything about Fortnite. I truly couldn't care less.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and like I said before, like I don't know what's going on with Epic Games. I've only heard some things, so I'll continue to talk about that, chesh um, for sure. But you know, of course, do not ever want to support, uh, kind of dicey practices going on from it especially at a company level so you know do my best to educate myself on those a bit more but um yeah um side note as i scroll through uh your instagram because i was i was realizing you i did actually follow you on instagram much longer than uh i've been part of this whole twitter thing and, and doing everything else we 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 do so um yeah that's it's definitely the first place you. but you your cephalid illusionist uh artist proof like oh yeah that is the coolest thing ever it's like i was like oh this is cephalid
2: this is very interesting that you're like you're interested in this from the cephalid angle that's really great so cephalid <laughs> totally. illusionist is part of the breakfast the breakfast, the breakfast combo exactly yeah you're like yeah, yeah yeah so i was just i was just on ebay and daydreaming about how much i used to love playing flash hulk <laughs> it's like, it like 18 20 bucks or something like that i was like hell yeah dude oh man yeah, i love so like fun. dumb sentimental pieces of cardboard like that
0: well exactly. And that's that's a good way to think about them too. And again, like we were sort of talking before about like things to include in your deck and you know, C D H can actually be the place for that too, for uh if, you know, the power level's different, that's fine. But like this can totally be sentimental choices, but certainly in uh, in casual too, you know, like making a um making a card choice based on mem- like, you know, a memory of it is, is awesome and I always love that if there's a story behind something. So Mm hmm. Um yeah, so that kind of, oh, I can see where Chesh's uh, cursor is highlighted over because we want to start to talk about uh, the person that is Dan and uh, you find out more about yourself as far as, yeah, you know, we've got some awesome magic content and, um, you know, talk about what it means and I think really, really positive um, kind of takeaways from that. So I can't thank you enough. But I think importantly, I'd love, like everyone's got this story, love to hear about, you know, certain little facets and inspirations and and, and you know, what what, uh, what, makes you So feel free to unleash And go down some um, some tangents on these And you know uh, Wherever you need to go But we're going to ask you a few questions um, Sure yeah They start off with very important ones And uh, the most most important barometer Of uh, what kind of person someone is Chesh mm-hmm. take it off the top uh,
1: The biggest question on everyone's lips <gasps> The most horriblest thing In my honest opinion Pineapple on pizza Yes or no? um i
2: don't i don't think i care for it personally but my good friend kelsey is a big fan of the pineapple on pizza so for kelsey, for their sake no kelsey would never be wrong kelsey i'm gonna send you a clip of this podcast i won't make Love you it. listen to the hour 16 minute mark
0: yep yep yep, yep. <laughs> they don't know anything about magic so
2: not to say that this isn't a great program they just don't know anything about what we're talking about um no kelsey's great and pineapple on pizza is great and i would fight anyone who thought otherwise chest included
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Chesh has a uh, a Pokemon weakness to uh you know on the on the little card it has the symbol of a thing. Yours is just a piece <laughs> of pineapple on a <laughs> in a little like sigil or whatever, exactly. So um, mine yeah. is just just the cheer stands alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly.
1: Exactly. Next uh, question. Uh pet card that you love may not be the best card in the world, but it is your pet card. Which is why it makes it a pet card, of course. So,
2: comically, yeah, I would nice. say ad nauseum is the answer to this question. Um, but <laughs> a, my real answer to this question, because we're actually just talking about it on Twitter today, it's fresh on my mind. Tendrils? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's, uh, brain freeze. No. <laughs> oh,
1: hey, whoa. <laughs>
2: nice. No, uh, Raging River, River is my favorite, uh, pet card. It, it's from the Bayside Alpha. I don't, if y'all, y'all are not familiar with it. Um, I have it right here in front of me, so I'll read the text off of it. When you attack, non-flying defending creatures must be divided as opponent wishes between the left and right sides of the river. (laughs) You then choose on which side of the river to place each attacking creature, and attacking creatures (laughs) can only be blocked by flying creatures or those on the same side of the river.
0: I love it. It's amazing. That is an enchantment
2: for Red Red.
0: It makes people... like. Just assemble their board in a certain way that's like totally a mm-hmm. mini game. It's like, this wow, is one of the ones range. that they
2: stopped putting in revised because deemed too powerful. This, the power <laughs> nine, a few other rares. They were like, no more Raging River. You gotta oh, put a so cap good. on that one.
0: That is amazing. Oh, it's such a good card. All right. What are they at? Uh, did you say we're talking reserve list and stuff too? What are what, our prices at? The
2: is list? Raging River on the reserve list? I guess it must be because it's it only been be, in right? ABU.
0: Let's have a look. Skeleton ship's on the reserve list, so surely mm-hmm. this can make the cut. Mm. Ooh, okay, we're looking at 325 bones. It's spiked a little bit. Okay, so... Oh, all right. Lucky me. Uh, last year, we're looking at 100 bucks. Uh Now we're kind of at the two to three yes for it is on the pocket. reserve list <laughs> they're not printing this thing again <laughs> mm, invest in raging rivers i love it I love no
2: it. you should as with everything <laughs> that i bought and everything everyone bought you should have bought it years ago don't buy totally. any more magic cards now i, I guess no, i don't know exactly i have no opinions on the price of vintage magic cards anymore i'm like i consider myself primarily a collector and i used to have many opinions on yeah, yeah. like the economics of magic cards but i don't anymore it's such a wild place like i want to sell all my magic cards
0: yeah, no, I think about that too, for sure. It's like they, they are kind of just weird pieces of cardboard when you think about it. I've got sentimental attachment of course and collector attachment, but um yeah, it is strange. I mean it's strange and we we're talking about the sports card thing too, Chesh. Like it's it's sometimes you can step back and go, Wow, there's a lot of money, like perceived value to this uh, this piece of mm-hmm. cardboard and you know I, with the NBA stuff I always I it made more sense to me if it had someone's signature on it or a piece of jersey that Kobe Bryant will. That's kind of cool. It's got his sweat on it, like, you know. But sometimes it is just a, a, a perceived exclusivity, of course, which is strange. I, I mean, now
2: me. more than ever, I could, like, honestly see Watsi get a bit of the reserve list in some way or another.
0: Hmm. Yeah, and again, I have zero opinions on it because I'm just... I don't think I have enough of a finance mind to understand the implications of it. I've heard various uh, arguments here and there, but it's like, you know what? I almost don't have a... Um, I don't know. <laughs> I just yeah. Don't know. I don't know exactly.
2: enough to comment on it anymore.
0: Totally, I'm just um, out of the loop. You can get a collector's edition uh Raging River if you really want. If someone has to have a, like the, the the you know Watsy card or whatever, it's, it's seventy.
1: Just just me. in case you have a raging burner for a raging river. <laughs> hey, you know what? Collector's editions are really
2: cool. Like if you find the ones with like the really like good square corners, like those those oh, yeah. are rare. That's as rare as alpha, I think yeah I think the print run cool. something similar to that they are.
0: they're they're extremely low pre run yeah super super cool, so love it no that that is that is one of my favorite uh, uh pet card kind of answers and I, I was speaking of sentimental value, there is something to do I would love to uh one of these days you know if we can ever reach out and actually meet some people face to face otherwise we'll do it via mail, but to grab versions of these cards. Uh, that are pet cards. Generally, the cheaper ones. That's fine. If it's a piece of like printout paper, I don't even care. But like to get some like each of these people I, to mark them in one way, and I'll make a deck out of them one day. Because I think
1: with this one, I, I'm look. I'm going to be honest. I I think that getting a um, a personalized proxy made by one of our proxy friends.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and exactly, yes. and then again, getting our friends to sign these, which we'll uh, we'll have to arrange one day, Dan. But um, there is a, there, there may be a mythical kind of GP to get to one of these days in the normal times that we, um, we'll we'll hang out. That would in. be
2: amazing, and, wouldn't it?
0: I'll assemble this and then just sharpie all over it. You know, draw faces on things and you know, people floating down the raging river. <laughs> exactly. Next one was, and we're getting right into. Uh, full job interview territory with this one so forgive us but um I, I do like the answers on this one who would you most like to have dinner or a drink with dinner alive real or fictional
2: are we uh are we going out to eat or is or are we like making the food
0: <laughs> uh probably making the food but wherever you want you know like i uh, i okay. my 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 idea of it is like yeah you're just at home and it's like a, a comfortable place and exactly and it, it's especially like you say making making food with people is a whole other thing too like it's my favorite thing to do
2: um i'm gonna say just my friend carolyn i haven't seen her in a while and uh i miss her
0: yeah that's no, super fair, fair. yeah no, i think we all feel it too it's just like that's it's the you know absolute maybe uh things we realize how much they really mean it's just like the smallest moments of of just oh, before i would have said
2: johnny because he's a big cat hunk <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> and what are we cooking with a johnny hmm wow. <laughs> out a fish i guess <laughs> exactly yeah. as my cat likes uh just the massivest ocean loaf or something so you know it's like that thing that philly thing you talked about before what do we call it the scrapple yeah yeah that but like just fish into into a cube i think that's that's a johnny food would be happy
2: you just like feed them spam
0: <laughs> pretty much right like exactly i mean i'm surprised we didn't get to the spam thing too like the whole spam being uh you know the Essentially, like the meat that you have with your um on your, I, your, I your pizza with pineapple. So, yeah.
1: The description should be the world's spiciest ham. Spam, is spam spam
0: is spam, spam spicy spam
1: spam spam. spam,
2: spam. It's, I've never it's had it before. Monty Python. Oh,
1: cool.
0: I gotcha. <laughs> Monty Python jokes on another level. Exactly no i love it no and, and love those answers to them like i think they're, they're both you've got a sentimental one you've got a um a purely absurd one being you know ajani would be pretty awesome it's like yeah um next one was uh we're all nerds here generally uh what's your favorite what's your uh video game hall of fame
2: that's a good question i i grew up being a very big video game person i played them way too much, and I, like, didn't go to class when I was in college and stuff like that to play video games, so I had to, like, stop playing video games, but I just recently <laughs> got back into them. My favorite games of all time... Are we talking, like, top three or top five?
0: Oh, I have many you want. I find that an interesting, like, thing, that some people have one, and it's just, like, yeah, nothing's ever taken that spot, and then some people have, like, five, and and I I, I think, as i found, too, they're, they're games for different reasons, too. Um, yeah, that's what I
2: was going to say. It's, like, there are, there are many different games I like for very many different reasons i think my favorites of all time i will say dead space 2
0: oh nice nice
2: i I don't know if you're familiar with the dead space series but really good series Mm. that one in particular the ending of it is so soul crushing it made me feel such a way Mm. watching the credits roll like just no other game has ever made me feel that emotion when playing it it was very very particular it was very all-encompassing um The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, that holds, like, the most special place in my heart. That's one of my just, like, real comfort food video games.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I watched a video the other day. It was, like, a a kind of uh, a video essay on, like... The The Legend of Zelda series and the, the the different games, how they do... I think it's like grief or loss, you know, that kind of thing. There's mm. so many gr- great concepts there in, in each of the games and each one kind of tackles it differently. But that's the one only my wife's actually really played and she tells me about what that meant to her as well. And it's quite a special one based on when it kind of came out console-wise, whatever. Some people didn't get to, to play. And, um, you know, also they took that chance on art style and it's mm-hmm. kind of beautiful. But you could say, like, you know, the whole the fact that there's a whole sea you know like that's 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 just full of uh, full of feelings you know in a way too like that kind of has that uh that it just evokes a different vibe when it comes to zelda
2: yeah the animations really gave it a special sort of license to uh be a little bit less serious and more comical in certain ways and uh it's like like all zelda games there is that really like somber aspect of it mm. um But the music was also a really huge part of that game. Like I still, I listen to that soundtrack all the time because it is a really amazing soundtrack.
0: Great one, nice.
2: Um, and I'll I'll put a third on there too. Let's. hmm. I think Skyrim. (laughs) That's probably the game that I have like solidly put the most hours into of any game.
0: Oh, for sure. Like it's still great, and I think there's. That's the game. Also, I look back now and like, is it time to like just fire it up on like get the Switch version or something or get the yeah? I just started playing it again like a
2: month ago. It's great. Still fantastic.
0: I have to pick your brain about then. Like, how's it? uh, Like, did they add anything new in? Because the um, as far as I know, there's there's a couple of things they talk about, but there's the one. I wondered if the the bit that got me to play Fallout 4 again was the fact that they put in that, like, survival mode, which completely, that's the stuff I love. Like, I, I love when everything has its place and, like, they just turn that into you do need to eat and you do need to collect all this junk and that kind of things like that. You know, everything's got its purpose kind of thing. And I wondered if they were ever going to put that in Skyrim and I, I didn't follow up or see if they did or anything
2: not to my knowledge i feel the exact opposite way about that i fucking hate that shit <laughs> i play all video games on the easiest mode possible Love my favorite it. genre is survival horror and i do not play yeah. them on hard mode ever easiest mode every single time i tried playing resident evil on like the middle difficulty and it's like yeah. are you fucking kidding me the amount of mana uh, uh, mana the amount of uh, <laughs> ammo that they give you and like the amount of zombies there are no fucking way give me the yeah. easier
0: one do you want to be bashing against the, uh, the 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 kind of controls or the you know constraints of the game, or would you rather kind of? Uh, I mean, survival horror is its own difficult, uh, difficulty in its own. <laughs> yeah, that, like, you know, like this is the thing a, is that
2: like I would I ha- say that I don't play video games to feel stressed. I do play survival horror as <laughs> exactly. my main genre, but like I don't want to have a hard time doing it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it's to feel something, and that's that's an analog I put with um. Uh, I don't know if you've played Subnautica. Like that was a game that no, I haven't. Me- help me get through certain hard moments when I needed to kind of accomplish something. And that was that's a game where it's got nothing to do with how hard it is dexterity based or like, you know, how hard it is to battle with the controls or be quote unquote good at the game. It's literally like it's bashing against your terror. Like you're just like, well I I don't want to proceed. I'm terrified. (laughs) And it's like Mm -hmm. you do? And I'd leave that game for six months and come back. I know there's a part I I don't want to proceed in because I'm terrified of it. And I did it and it felt great. And, Looking and at my like-
2: runtimes on Resident Evil games and then other people's runtimes, like, oh, I spent an extra three hours just standing <laughs> by a wall and breathing heavily, and trying to work <laughs> up the nerves to go exactly. into the next room.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's I mean, this funny, like, Skyrim for me was, was you know, and I, I love that a lot of people have uh, a relationship with that game, it's what you make it. Like I say, it's, if there was a way to, like, care about all the wheels of cheese in the, in the world, I'd, I'd kind of <laughs> like that, it'd be kind of nice. But, you know, maybe it's an immersive thing, but, you know. There, w- there was times where Kate would look over and just like, "What are you doing?" I'm sitting down at the tavern here, having a beer and reading a book, and it's like, <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. I'm trying to trying to live in this world, right? Like, and, but there's so many great all the
2: time. There's oh, there's there. a chair here It's overlooking this beautiful sunset. Let me sit down for the next five minutes and watch. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. But no, it's it's. I, I think it is one I'd love to um to pick up uh again, uh, quite soon actually, because I think it's time to do it. But we do talk about Moral Wind a lot as the kind of precursor to that as that was the game that kind of just changed games for me in a way and just spent like a whole year being a tourist in that um, on that island, essentially. And, you know, Skyrim has some of that in that DLC, which is awesome. So I love it. Uh, next one was... Uh, where, where did we go? Where did we go? Oh, yes. Musical stuff. Uh, not musicals nice. per se, but music things. Um, I can't remember. One of the first things I did to reach out to you was respond to something about music on Twitter, but this is so vague. I can't even No, I also
2: don't remember what it is. I just vaguely remember that we talked about prog rock and I was like, this guy's cool. There we
0: go. Thing. There we go. Okay, we're there. <laughs> so it doesn't have to be prog. Uh, I will greatly appreciate if you talk anything prog and we can go for hours. But uh, the But I will say, recommend us an album and it can be anything.
2: Oh, mm, fun. Okay. Hmm. Uh Pharaoh Sanders, Live at the East. Uh Pharaoh Sanders is one of my favorite jazz musicians of all time. Uh, nice. his music really touches me on an emotional level, like no other artist really does. And that particular mm-hmm. album is so uh it's so beautiful and inspiring to me. Uh, it is really on a whole other level. Uh yeah, it's it's a really really powerful piece of music.
0: I oh, love it to bits and saxophonist and um, yeah, no, I, I absolutely need to run, rush out and get this on like uh, get an LP of this, you know, pronto, um, especially to kind of boost my uh, jazz collection, um, which is which is light, but it's yeah, definitely love it. It's and a weird
2: uh, thing to get into.
0: Oh, totally, and I think jazz is the type of thing like CEDH in a, uh, a weird way. People having a like have a a perception of it and uh, almost perceived kind of uh, like hill to climb to get into it. They're like, no, that's not for me or be made to feel that that's not for me. But jazz can be like, no, you, you don't have to understand every little nuance of it. Half the time it's about, or it's the whole point of it. Usually it's about feeling anyway, you know, it's, it's how yeah. does that make you feel? Like you don't have to like deconstruct it and and write an essay about it, like, you know, because that I, I've definitely, I've met those people like pub stompers that they're like, oh, you're into jazz, are you? Oh, jazz Well, stumps, what about this, yeah. this and this? I'm like, oh my God, who cares? Like, it's No, like- it's,
2: it is really similar to CDH though, that like yeah. it is this whole culture and it's this whole thing that there is so much knowledge to know about it, like knowing mm-hmm. what musicians used to play with other musicians, what musicians were like going through what sorts of periods on what record labels and all sorts of things like that. But, like, it, it's uh, also similar in the way that, like, if you have someone who can show you a good entry point and just be like, oh, like, listen to these Miles Davis albums. Oh, you like this? Like, this is uh, Billy Cobham, who's the drummer on this album. And he's really oh, great. And I bet you like wins, all of his man. other stuff.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <Nice. Shit. laughs> like, uh, yes, totally. And, oh, man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned that, that it's like I can give people the wrong impression of, say, Prog for that reason. Because mm-hmm. I've personally just love nerding out about who's on what and, like, getting their albums and that kind of thing. And it's like, yeah. but that can be so easily perceived as, like, oh, oh, I don't know who that is, so I must not, like, it's I, I don't deserve to un- understand, like, why it's great or anything like that because I haven't done the studying. And it's like, no, it's got nothing to do with that. I'm just excited about it. <laughs> so, yeah. No, sorry, I just just absolutely... Went nuts when I heard Billy Cobham, but yeah, no, totally, totally, yeah. That's one like more that-
2: album that I would recommend to anybody uh, is Steve Reich's "Music for 18 Musicians." He's uh, a modern minimalist composer, and that piece of music is really, really incredible. There's a really awesome uh, live rendition of it on YouTube that is just full of some of the most intense, like live music playing that I have ever seen in my life.
0: I find anyone that does uh you know, especially that minimal kind of music music stuff as well on um on like film scores is something I'm really interested in these days too. Um but especially yeah, like minimal electronica and that kind of stuff. Um and composing. Oh fantastic.
2: It's it's really interesting. It's a, a very uh, different sort of way to uh think about how music is like written and how it sounds and what it does.
0: Oh definitely. Oh, Thanks so much for that. I've got i got quite a few things to uh to kinda unpack there for sure. But uh yeah, I no, love it. Now I mean we we I have to uh, I have to dig into prog a little bit if there is any. Of course, there.
2: yeah, let's, let's let's do it I've
0: been yeah, waiting. Let's do it, let's do it. So uh, so where do you kind of go to if like if you had to rip a, a prog album off the top and and something because I, I I love that part too and I've I've enjoyed much like uh getting people into magic or something, getting people into more like the finding say prog or something is such a nebulous term like there's so much in it and it's like but people find you know the things they like about it that i might yeah. not necessarily have loved as much but i find if someone uh kind of goes yeah i'll kind of into prog that they might have a, a certain flavor there into it, and i find that endlessly fascinating. yes yeah and yeah there's yeah. no there's no right or wrong answer and i love that so um yeah we can I, go to from there.
2: this is like a really basic answer and this is not like my ultimate answer to this question but i was just like really thinking hard like earlier today (laughs) about how amazed i am that there was a time when uh when like yes was really popular and like the fact that the bohemian rhapsody is one of like the most popular songs in the world like it's such a strange and weird song that is so particular and like it's so uh, just on its own planet it's like so Mm. weird to me that that's a radio hit and that everyone knows all the words to it yeah Uh, yeah there's yeah, it's and, it's and really they, amazing they kind of
0: they went against everything at the time that was like uh I mean, I think the movie does a good job of explaining that too. They're like, Oh, but that's not a single. That's not a single, how are we gonna make that a single? It's like, no, but we this is what we want and you know, that power of like, you know, unbridled creativity and just kind of sticking to your gun, so to speak, and and, and they did it and it's it's just absolutely incredible. And like especially like early Queen stuff like their is it a lot of Oh, like Queen
2: 2 is one of my favorite albums of all time. So
0: good. It's like, it's, oh my God, it's, yeah. It's Freddie Mercury's like, uh, fantasy, like almost D campaign. <laughs> like, it's, yes, it it's, is it's so a whole closely world. aligned. He, he kind of dreamt <laughs> With, like, up as well. D&D. Like, oh, totally. There's, uh, I, I love it to bits, but yeah. Now, I love what you said about yes, too, because, I mean, yes. Whether I, I tried to get into like I remember early into Prague I'm like yeah cool I've got to find the most weird dark obscure stuff ever that like no one's found whatever and it took me an embarrassingly long time to realize the best stuff was right in front of me the whole time so yes and Genesis yeah were the yeah best. like like you can't really beat them <laughs> they
2: were the original they're popular like, for a reason for sure
0: totally and they in, in a time that was so creative and that just changed music you know and it's it's they were they were doing something they just truly believed in and and. The, the musicianship and when you talk about bands where I've kind of explored each of the the um kind of individuals and found their albums uh like Chris Squire Fish out of Water is one of my oh, all-time yeah. favorite albums and like that means a lot to me that album it's not everyone's cup of tea but it's 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 almost perfect to me <laughs> like i love it Steve and how's it's...
2: the Steve Howe album like his first <laughs> solo record that just like blows me away every time i listen to it
0: i love it so much cuz i'm i'm not uh i don't know how to play anything musically but i love seeing especially guitarists albums and they're showing Mm. like the Steve Howe one shows all these guitars and it's like, it's this whole, (laughs) it's this whole look at what I'm playing with. And there's like 25 guitars and it's like, it's so cool. Like Mike Oldfield does that too. And it's like, wow, you were 20 years old and you're playing like mandolins and everything. And like, you can do anything. It's, it's it's pure. See the live
2: setups that they would put together, like, especially like Steve Howe would like put the guitars on their own stand so he could play multiple different guitars and like it's, (laughs) Just like all of the like drugs, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> wild yeah, totally, animals.
0: totally. But, I uh, think yeah, like the
2: the music okay, that bro. I would like really like point to is like if I want to listen to like pure unadultered sort of prog rock, like Mahavishnu Orchestra. Yeah, is really one yeah, of yeah. like the just top of the marks. Like I, their first album, the name is escaping me right now but oh uh, it's like the bird,
0: is, birds of fire or something or
2: oh no it's, something to that effect yeah that uh, i've it. got
0: one of them but yeah they're wild i remember i put one on kate's like holy i was like yeah like, yeah. yeah yeah
2: they're nobody's holding back like that yeah. they're all just going balls to the wall in a really <laughs> particularly wild way
0: that's the fun thing I'd recommend too. If like anyone's got a, like a passing thing in jazz, or like thing they might be into jazz, but like might be a bit put off by it's like if you like rock too, like get into jazz fusion. I freaking love jazz fusion. Like so much that's, fun. Yeah, and it's like there's such a nice crossover, and it's even things like you know, prog is such a like I say interesting term that like you could say yeah Miles Davis is absolutely prog too because it's progressive. You know, yep. it's, it was doing something different, and um, yeah, Mahavishnu Orchestra a, a, a big recommendation. I got into them a little bit because of uh, my father-in-law was into uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, is it Jean-Luc Ponty? Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, so amazing and it's like, player. Yeah, and you, like you go into all these like little like kind of pathways who, are, who played with who. You know, Bill Cobbs in there as well. And yeah, um, and then I like again, then sometimes the big names pop up that you're like, oh, thinking what we think of pop music now and going, oh, it must be like watered down or something like that. You grab like the first Santana albums and you're like, Oh, (laughs) okay. Yeah. Yeah, Excellent. Like, you know, absolutely amazing. So yeah. Um, It's like
2: so quickly apparent, like how small the world of these musicians are. It's like, Oh, like, wow. Just everybody's on everybody's albums. There's never a person I've never heard of
0: um yeah who's the one i'm thinking of? uh bill bruford is one of my favorite if you see bill bruford's name yeah or something yeah it's just bruford
2: excellent. era yes that is like my that is the pinnacle yeah. of yes to me but like also sort of the pinnacle of prog rock, rock to me like yeah because so, i think so good I to me
0: bruford played on everyone like uh everyone's band like that played on genesis played on king crimson gong oh yes God, yeah. like I love far his out.
2: era of king crimson like his first album discipline with them oh my goodness yeah. that is such yeah. an amazing album
0: Absolutely excellent. And I think, yeah, that's the one, the last point of that I was going to make. So a friend of mine um, uh, was in, uh, actually called Dan as well, uh, is in Utah and got, literally I messaged Dan uh, a couple of, what was it, a couple of weeks ago and said, oh, someone told me, uh, I think it's my brother-in-law, goes, oh, he got he got uh, tickets to King Crimson. I was like, I can't even fathom wow. that. I'm just like, I can't even <laughs> fathom that. And message him that day, like a like a week later, I'm like, Oh yeah, I heard you got tickets. He's like, they're starting in fifteen minutes. And he sent me a picture. Oh my like, holy shit. I can't wow. even like like think of when these albums came out 50 years ago, like, and they're still ripping and that, well, that kind, it
2: of kind of just blew my mind that you, the number that you said,
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. And so like close to the edge was, you know, that's such an important album for me. That was 50 years ago. You know, that's, that's mm-hmm. absolutely wild. I love it. And then yes, came out with a, uh, an album this year. So like, yeah, they I, did. I can't oh, even, wow. I know, I know. So it's, it's like some they of the, have, like 20, 30 albums. Totally. I think Steve Howe's there. I think Rick Wagner's there and that kind of thing, but yeah, no, I love it. But, uh uh, I'm glad we got there. We we got into a prog discussion. And again, I, I'll have to cut it short because this could go forever. And yeah, um, definitely. But I think bottom line, if, if, if people listen to this and go, they don't know what's going on or whatever. I never, So many ever- people are going to hit, be rapidly <laughs> hitting that plus 30 seconds. <laughs> I've had a few people go, I'm actually interested in how much you get really passionate about this stuff. I'm like, good. Like, it's, I, I never want to be like, Oh, you don't know this. So, uh, you know, uh, whatever. It's not for you. It's like, no, I, never like gatekeeping is the thing i hate the most in the world i think and it's like mm-hmm. if if this sounds interesting to you or you want to feel what i'm feeling with this stuff like just let me know and like i'll be so excited to like show you anything and not be like i knew all this crap and it's like it's got nothing to no
2: do yeah like it. i yeah. go my whole life like understanding nobody wants to hear about prog rock because they don't understand what I'm talking <laughs> <laughs> about so like the minute you meet someone else who's like yeah bill bruford you're like hell yes yeah. let's talk about him
0: <laughs> exactly i Isn't i, I, I j- running? totally i joke with prog uh <laughs> Like the music is the drug for me. It's like, it's, it's just, it's, it's there for me and, you know, good and good and bad times, you know, it's, it's, it's such a supporting thing and it it shows what music can be, uh, in the most artistic expression and, you know, just at a very surface level, just give me ASMR on the back of my neck, you know, like it's, Mm -hmm. it's beautiful. So yeah, highly recommended. All right. Long-winded, uh, one, but that was flipping awesome, Dan. Thank you. Um, but next one was, what's your favorite piece of magic art?
2: That's a really good question. Hmm. It's really hard to answer. I guess actually um I'll say what I said on MTG Girls uh Twitter post when she asked this recently cuz I was thinking about this card art and it's like more obscure than just saying like stasis is up there for me. But Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, um yeah. I this is a a common from I want to say the dark uh called Holy Light by Drew Tucker um drew tucker is one of my favorite early magic artists because uh he's he's a really minimalist painter and like all yeah. of his work is just really really subtle and really haunting and that one in particular uh mm. is is really great it's this uh it's this central figure that's sort of like crawling up out of the dirt and you can like see them below ground like crawling up out of the dirt and they're looking up at this really dark just completely black sky and there's this one like big paintbrush of white this huge streak of white that comes down that they're just staring at and it's really haunting in a mm. really amazing way
0: I uh, yeah drew drew tucker's art and haunting are the things i think of in the most like beautiful way you could ever think of and and yeah it's 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 minimal it's the type of thing you could have i see this in a gallery like and you could do like, i would love to have mean? a
2: print of that in my house yeah it's a beautiful piece of art
0: totally i love that and the other one is um i think i've just bought a copy of it because it's worth nothing it's great but um dust to dust as well like the same kind of style um
2: oh, i'm blanking on his version uh, of dust to dust. It? i have to look at it now
0: not it's like not the not the song <laughs> it's a great song but um uh where is it da, 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 da. yeah 1994 from the dark yeah the dark it's just like a statue um which again oh, with yeah. all that yeah texture background
1: kind of cool card Did you don't? say
0: the dark the dark i
1: don't believe in love
0: <laughs> <laughs> everything in magic has something to do with music like and i i honestly believe this is so great so and um, most of it's to do with the dark totally the dark uh when i play this card i'm just going to be singing dave bowie as well so um uh removes two artifacts from the game as a sorcery for three mana i think it's kind of good because it's it's interesting. Return to Dust is a uh, a little bit of a throwback to it in a way, like the the classic four mana, you know, exile target artifact or enchantment, or choose two if you do it on your main phase. Um, for three mana, you just choose and sorcery speed. You you kind of just choose two artifacts, which there's always going to be targets for sure in, in commander. So yeah, going to look forward to playing that one.
2: Some of my secret tech uh, that I used to use a lot in commander was actually the the opposite card of this, uh, the. Uh, um Ashes to Ashes.
0: Ah, yes. Yes, exactly. There you go. you got to have Ashes to Ashes and Dust to Dust in the same deck. Um, I've
2: never used Dust to Dust before. I, d- I didn't know about it until like relatively recently, within the past couple of years.
0: So nice. And then, of course, from the dark, uh, another great piece of Drew Tucker art. That one's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's like such a somber kind of uh, like what just looks like a landscape, but there's almost a shadowy figure on the left. You're like, what's going on there? I love it. That's so sweet. It the dark seriously. What a uh, treasure trove of magic cards. What a what a weird time.
2: <laughs> Early to like mid Magic art is very peculiar and like that's what originally drew me to the games. So I saw the the booster packs on the shelf at the comic book store and I was like, "Whoa, that looks so much cooler than Pokemon. I'm
0: definitely going to buy a pack of that." Oh yeah yeah exactly it's like you see a mind twist or something and then like you say a stasis. you like wow
2: holy I year. saw a blastoderm was like that was one of the coolest things I'd ever seen in my entire life shout out to <laughs> blastoderm amazing common from prophecy
0: oh yeah and often like i love that too sometimes the uh the, the commons just like oh i might not play that anyway but it's got the coolest art ever um,
2: <laughs> no I see know. i have always loved this card just for the art and then i have just come to find recently there's a fucking powerhouse in standard because it was Hell just like yeah. a four, 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 four with vanishing three or something yeah, like that yeah. i think so it's it just was like really it was on good. curve it was way better than your like nine mana seven sevens that kill you during your yeah. upkeep
1: yeah many of us got killed by it all the time um I I particularly remember this this phase because it it was uh it was another Magic is dying phase uh because of multicolored cards mm, coming back mm. with the vengeance um and because they didn't really mm. like care about the color pie back then they were like color pie fuck that shit <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah well, and that's exactly they really didn't care about the color pie back then um so blastoderm was just it was too strong. It was got too strong. It had too. birds of paradise and shit as well. It was just like, yeah, um, the rock was around. Yeah, like, it was just a crazy time.
0: I love how they followed up with um, uh, from that art with Nils Harm did the one for Vintage Masters. It's like both cool. Yeah, that's sweet. Uh, and I the don't other think one, I think I've never
2: got- seen Neil's Harm's art for it. I got to look that
0: up. And I guess because it's Vintage Masters Ain't in Paper, right? That's the one. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. I always get confused that one because it looks like, it's like, oh, sweet, I get it? No, I can't. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, but,
2: that's a really cool LED uh, art. I've never seen that one. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, what's the other one I, of that time? always have to say is it, uh, you know, I, I did the worst um, job of trying to explain what the card was with the, the bird doing the, the you know, the horns for the the hands, indestructible aura. I remember what the card was this week, but the Mark pool one with it's uh, the one, one white mana for the instant uh, from, when's it from Chronicles? Yeah. And um, or Chronicles or the legends or whatever, uh, but it does all damage to target creature for the rest of the turn is reduced to zero. And it's just got the bird doing, yeah. <laughs> <That's really laughs> <best one ever. laughs> oh yeah.
2: Yeah. Now i I'm, I can fully remember what this art is like. Love it,
0: love it. Um, nice. Yeah, I, I love, I love, uh, like just kind of classic magic art in, in all its weird intricacies. Much like prog rock, it's just like, yep, you know what? Like, it's beautiful when you're not shackled by expectation. You know, it can be anything mm-hmm. it needs to be. So beautiful. Uh, Chess, you got the next one.
1: Do I have the next one? Yeah. Recommend a movie to us. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh,
2: interesting. I'm not much of a movie person. <gasps> yeah, no, I don't have. the Not attention span Cheshire. for movies. I just, yeah, I, I, I usually broadcast. don't.
0: Cheshire started to get me into it, which is good. And it's,
2: yeah, kind of, I like, I like certain movies, but hmm, all right. Um, I, this
1: won't be you like won't, a definitive you recommend like uh, a movie to you. <laughs> no,
2: because I won't watch it. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> you can if you want to, but I will just I'll nod and say, mm-hmm, and yeah, then every time you ask me, did you watch months. that? I'll say no. <laughs> Um, a a movie that I would recommend. Hmm. I just watched this movie last night and this is a bad movie, but this is a good, bad movie. Deep Blue Sea. Um, Samuel Jackson is one of the stars. I could not tell you the name of the like actual leading actors in it. Michael Rappaport is also in it and he is very funny as like just, (laughs) he's playing a very Uh, smart scientist who is like in the (laughs) classics. Like it's, it's. A bunch of jargon, a bunch of jargon. And then another person's like, in English, doc. Yeah, <laughs> shut up. But it's Michael Rapaport, So he's like doing in it in a Brooklyn accent. It's so <laughs> fucking funny. Um, that movie is full on ridiculous. It is a really stupid, stupid movie. And it is really entertaining to watch. It's, it's a solid 40 minutes longer than it should be. And that is saying a lot. Because 40 minutes is a chunk of time. It's like, I think it's in excess of two hours. I think like two hours, 10 minutes. But it, it is a very funny thing to watch
0: beautiful it's got ll cool j in it too like so ll cool j i will
2: tell you the prize at the end of this rainbow is that ll cool j (laughs) sings a rap about sharks
0: yes 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 fantastic and i hope it's fantastic hopefully it's better than uh, ll cool j's uh song love which is not recommended don't don't i I need i would recommend anyone
2: go look up that music video right now like that is uh, that's another bit of music i'll recommend is go look up that ll cool j um just, just Shark, just write LL Cool J Shark and you'll probably find it. And the music video <laughs> features synchronized swimmers and there's all these verses. It's the plot of the movie, except LL Cool J is placing himself in uh, the shoes of the shark and being a predator <laughs> I on this ship.
0: I when in fact he time, is a character
2: in the movie. So, like, a it's, time
0: it's when it's they did that with, like, uh, with parallel uh, you know, songs that came out with the movie, that pretty much mm-hmm. gave away the whole movie so. in the music video. <laughs>
2: Such a, a product of its time. It is really oh yeah. Nineteen ninety. Oh, beautiful piece of art. Nineteen ninety-nine.
0: <laughs> yes. What a time to be alive. I love
2: it. It is as nineteen ninety-nine as it gets. I noted the the production date right before I started, and I was like, <laughs> "Ooh, I'm going to enjoy the nineteen ninety-nine of this." One particular nineteen ninety thing that happened was a, sh- a, a a scientist who is like very many levels below the sea level sparks up a cigarette inside of this <laughs> lab, <laughs> and everyone's like, "You're going to smoke now." <laughs> Oh
0: man! <laughs> I'm the scientist. I do what I want. It's like I understand risks. It's fine. There's <laughs> so. no
2: way you can do that without blowing up this entire place. I think
0: that's beautiful. I think that, that realm of movies is like kind of our favorite one to dissect a little bit too. So it's you know that is that is most welcome in these parts. I love it, it. Leaves it's you with
2: so fantastic. many questions. It's really ripe for that sort of thing.
0: Oh, totally, totally. And it's like, um, we watched one of those, but it was like more, actually, no, nah, Chesh, it wasn't a bad movie at all. It's actually goes into the good territory. You know, it's not everyone's cup of tea, but we did, um, we've been doing some stuff with the MTG Lexicon folk uh, about, we talk a little bit of magic, but we do a lot of like movie reviews, that kind of thing, just for fun. Mm-hmm. We uh, we watched The Crow last week, which was Chesh's I've choice. never seen that. That was so much fun, and it was because it's it's got a lot of that like gloss of the time, but it's quite different in in you know the creative direction that kind of thing, and of course Brandon Lee's uh, tragic kind of story, which I had no idea about until Chesh said watch this movie, and to go this is uh, Bruce Lee's son and literally died as part of the you know shooting of the movie. Uh, I, I keep using that mo- that that term shooting uh, bad. I'm sorry, mm. <laughs> but literally was shot. So in the in the um, uh, filming of the movie which was a, a, just an absolute uh, kind of procedure of errors which led to a, a gun shooting something when it shouldn't it should have been blanks or something and um,
1: a yeah. gun shooting something when it shouldn't um yeah classic tale. Right. brandon <laughs> lee <laughs> yeah exactly exactly yeah, <laughs> brandon lee
0: run yeah well done um but yeah awful awful kind of uh way to explain it and um but essentially yeah, it's it's left with a legacy of people like, oh, he would be amazing these days, you know, uh, and other stuff for sure. But yeah, super cool movie, um, a lot of fun and and a kind of a, a bit of a snapshot into the psyche of Chesh and what Chesh loves as far as aesthetics and stuff too. So yeah.
1: I'm I'm a goth at heart, I always will be. Nice. Exactly. Love a fellow yeah.
0: goth. Love it, love it. So uh, here's a fun one. Uh, could, could you tell us your favorite Pokemon? Hmm.
2: i only know the original 151 don't we all <laughs> uh, no so people have such an encyclopedic knowledge of pokemon oh, yeah I, so i'm so like, happy oh, that i run that out you said
1: 151 instead Probably. of 150 yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly what are what are people leaving
0: off is it
2: mewtwo yeah
0: everyone yeah, yeah. leaves off mewtwo and i'm like 151 is like, mew what? 152 like, mewtwo, and they're like, or does oh, does yeah. mew does mew go into like the kind of gen 1.5 or something I don't remember what its number is on the Pokedex. (laughs) Yeah, it's probably zero. What about missing No. Chesh? What about missing No. There you go. That's 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 not part of the original. That doesn't... Yeah. (laughs) I know, because that's a missing Um, number. (laughs) It's the best. My
2: favorite Pokemon... Hmm. I don't want to just say, like, Mew. I feel in my heart it's Mew, because Mew is, like, a pretty
1: cute little blob of a thing. Celestial Um, being... And, and that was the, I, I just want to point out that that was part of the joke that Sam ruined. What's that? Well, 151 is actually me, 152 is uh, Mewtwo. Oh, okay. I get That's it. That's why I always like making the joke of 150 and everyone leaves off Mewtwo. Uh, and then everyone always goes, oh uh, yeah, 151. And I'm always secretly laughing at everyone. <laughs> whoa that was
2: a no next level joke yeah. i didn't
1: understand nope i don't
2: know that <laughs> nope you got you got me with that one i definitely yeah, exactly. i don't remember the Deep pokemon context. nerd law <laughs> yeah it. i'm trying to think of like which pokemon excited me when i was young and maybe it was just like dragon dragonair is that the the most evolved one
1: yeah oh, uh, well, second one if, if you want to say most evolved <laughs> the,
2: the highest evolution now
1: that sounds equally as problematic most evolved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> are you looking for the uh the highest evolution in the chain which would be what is it dra- drag drag dragon knight it is dragon knight right it it's really Dragonite? Huggable one. yeah
2: dragon yeah that's what i'm saying is that that one, one looks like it's good at, at hugging for sure because
1: mm-hmm. it's it, yeah it's like wings it has its little um we <laughs> it looks like a on the top yeah. of its head it looks yeah it looks like a yeah. a budgie really uh
0: like, magmar
2: also kind of looks huggable i think oh my oh, No one's, yeah
0: no one said magmar how good's magmar just like a fire duck. Like I love magma. It would be. I've well, never cool.
2: recognized that it's a duck, but you're right. Wow.
0: Yeah. You just uh, opened my mind. Probably be a bit scorchingly warm, but um, I would go for a hug too.
1: <laughs> are, are we all just going to talk now about how we have things for like chunky Pokemon? Yeah, like you know, Snorlax <laughs> looks like he could just like yeah, snuggle like, up to his, his belly one. and go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Or uh... yep, could you imagine sleeping on
2: top of a Snorlax's belly? How comfortable and relaxing that would be. It'd feel like, be like a tutorial. Could you
1: imagine? Could you imagine eating a Snorlax? Right? No. What? What? hear me because Is that a man of belly fat? Would be almost like pork,
2: right? I guess. No, I think it would be like more outclassed even than that. Like, I think the
1: the fat content is going to be way higher. The meat would be fantastic. It's so
2: sedentary. Like, I don't think it's even going to marble. It's going to be like two separate layers.
0: (laughs) Wow. Wow. I can't even. (laughs) All right, so wait, hold on. Now I'm going to ask y'all a a question. It's like, if you
2: could make a steak of any Pokemon, which which one are you making a steak
0: of? Yeah, hmm uh let's go for i mean the easy one's like one of the the, the bull types or whatever like uh thing like taurus but, but i i want some like that's yeah an- i don't we-
2: think that's gonna be a good steak like you wouldn't no, no it's no, probably I tough don't.
0: like exactly yeah you want-
1: way too tough uh, it'd be good for stews basically. i think
2: a duck maybe like that seems like a, a fairly tender it's just probably like pretty equivalent to duck i would think
1: well i'm still wondering what what dragon types it tastes like yeah that's a good like- question yeah, because well, they they'd hmm. have to taste more like eel, right? I think so. Yeah, which is is an acquired taste, but a very good taste if you know how to properly cook eel. Because uh, because hmm. you would imagine like a dragon type, an eel is about as close to a dragon type as you can get.
0: Mm. yeah i like it all right i've got an answer uh okay i've you know everyone would joke about having unicorn meat um what's the closest thing we got to a unicorn so rapidash, rapidash, exactly you get fiery yeah. unicorn meat that's probably got sparkles in it somewhere too so that- like
1: now we do have a unicorn pokemon that's
0: oh rapidash. it is yeah i can see it, it Galarian.
1: I, I don't know i don't
2: know this cultural touchstone of talking about uh unicorn meat
0: oh i don't know it's just i maybe it was a joke i saw someone made a product of it it was like yeah chesh fully
2: agreed with it like (laughs) <laughs> Didn't bat an eye, so I was just like, "This is a maybe." Fool. It's this an Australian
0: place thing. that it, it's like. I think, oh, it was a thing you could buy in like joke stores or whatever, and so it's, like, it's just a, yeah. a thing of unicorn meat, which is and it's all that's it, it really funny. In the same that's a good can joke. as a spam would be. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got to say, it's probably a, it's an Australian thing that yeah. Okay. it's a good about. joke though. I like it. <laughs> I was like, yes, yes, you know, the unicorn meat. It's like, no. <laughs> I, I,
1: look, I don't, I don't bat an eyelid to anything food wise because <laughs> I've eaten. 90% of things that are edible out there. Mm. So, <laughs> I mean, I haven't eaten a triantula tri-, tri- tri-trianula. Tri-trianula? I haven't I haven't eaten a fucking spider mate oh. you know uh, what don't, don't, they, not on don't purpose.
0: they don't they yeah, i was going eaten. to say don't they know don't they say that you've you've probably swallow in your lifetime three of them or something or six of them? Yeah, some,
1: mm-hmm. some not shit
0: shit like tarantulas, tarantula. Definitely
2: tarantulas.
1: Um, it. I've, i I Because I've eaten cockroach.
0: Don't even ask oh, that. Dang. It's just... Dang. Yeah. My purpose. I'm never, never doing that again. <laughs> mm, like street food? Really nice? Like sauteed or anything? Uh, no. Just like yes. off of the street?
1: W- one yes. One no. <laughs> one no. One
0: no. That means he picked it up off of the street.
1: No. <laughs> this means that I was having a coffee and a biscuit. No. And I oh. dumped the biscuit in the coffee. Oh, um, no. And then... <laughs> As I went to put the biscuit into my mouth, it fell from the roof of the place I was at. Whoa! Onto what? the biscuit. Yep. I then started eating and realized something was crunchy and well, wrong. Yeah. What was the crunch
0: like? Like a scarab beetle crunch? Like. Yeah. Like, mm. Yeah. It was. It was was real it gross.
1: tough to bite through? No.
0: No. Not at all. <laughs> I thought it would be. They're like they're the toughest yeah. creatures on the planet, right? Like. <laughs> no,
2: they're, they're crunchy, <laughs> but they're like, not fucking the tough. Like a dumbass thought too. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, wow. a nuclear war they gotta be it's like to pure iron for sure
0: <laughs> um, like cockroaches hardened. <laughs> I've, I've obviously
1: eaten eel um nice. when i was learning how to properly prepare eel when i was doing chefing
0: um that's a whole story for another Well, I was, I was gonna say gyarados would actually make pretty interesting like uh like sushi or something is well
1: gyarados would yeah
0: absolutely sushi um mm-hmm. you'd have to eat that raw
1: you'd yeah. have to or right? probably like based on
0: size be something a bit more like a tuna like a really big piece of tuna or something like, well no I think
1: based, based on size would just mean that you would get far more like sushi out of it
0: yes yeah exactly you know
1: essentially um, but you would eat it like salmon you'd either smoke <clears> it or you'd eat it raw um, yeah. or I guess you could fry it if you're a fucking savage mm, let's <laughs> do a let's do a
0: Pokemon cooking channel like yeah exactly but yes <laughs> yeah and, we had really a your opinions about this Totally, and then so the other thing, like you say, Chesh eating everything in in Australia, we do famously, we can very easily eat our coat of arms, so we can. Well,
1: it's funny. I was about to say, like I've had kangaroo, <laughs> um, koalas never been on the menu. Nope. No one's get, ever going to eat koala because they have syphilis. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, I've I've eaten snake in the outback. I've eaten witchetty grubs. Yeah. Um, what is that look those up they are terrifying it's like
0: a wood grub basically like a big old yeah, it's a wood like grub. uh it's got p- plenty of nutrients in there um for you know they're, they're uh been a yeah a bush food for you know since the basically indigenous cultures uh, but yeah they're, they're just oh this thing they're, yeah they're gross to look at there's pokemon there's mtg cards that look like uh <laughs> i think woodlock grub is the other one i always think of but, yeah, mm-hmm. they're gross little creatures, but um, yeah, they can be tasty.
1: But, yeah, um, I, I don't bat on either these days to anything food-wise. I'm just like, have I had it? Yes, no. If I haven't had it, is it something that I think that I want to put in my mouth? Yes, no. And then, ah, fuck it, let's just put it in my mouth. And find <laughs>
0: anyway. Well, Chesh, I'm, I'm glad you brought up about eating things involuntarily because it brought me back to a memory that i i had done my best to remove and and now it's back (laughs) as far as eating things uh insect related whatever um i did a similar thing and i think it was like grab something to eat not look at what's going on or like what is in it um and I've heard people do this with coffee too, which is gross. But uh, I did it with it might have been a pack of chips or lollies or something like that, um, or candy, as as our uh, folks in North America would call it. Uh, they, as as it were, growing up on the coast of uh, you know, and and you know, kind of a bit more around nature and that kind of thing, you often find that you know, if you leave your things out, they get covered in ants and things like that. I just, oh I've eaten candied ants oh yeah you you <laughs> you, ho- you just like absolutely hoe into something that uh, that you're like yep I'm really hungry and I want a snack or something and it's covered in ants and that is a taste you <laughs> yeah I'd forgotten and now it's it's back fresh it's the that's really funny. Is it the pheromones and stuff like the, the, the it whatever? Is, it it's is. their panic it's a, uh, system. It's a panic response. Yeah. 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 So they um, go when they're in danger, they they emit a smell. Which I know larger ants in Australia they have a really like they'll basically stain your clothes with the smell if they they are panicked. Um, but a whole pack of them will do it. You're like, oh, it smells like ants, and like to taste that to, like, that taste. Oh, oh, it's just mm, that
2: was a thing. <laughs> That's that sounds terrible to me. I am from like an outdoorsy part of the U.S. And y'all are so much more outdoorsy than me. This horrifying, everything <laughs> you're telling me right now about accidentally
0: eating ants and shit. Holy shit. Yeah. Outdoorsy the country and the, and the big bull ants. Yeah. No, nah, it's, 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 fine. Like people joke about it, like it's, uh, you know, everything wants to kill you. I don't think, not everything. I mean, <laughs> you have I guess I like, I would take
2: that for the whole like COVID response thing. How do you mean? I'll, I'll, I'll make that trade. Uh, like I'll, I'll take the, I'll take the big ants. Oh, t- I'll t- take some ants in my mouth.
0: Yeah, totally. It's like the place totally. where it <laughs> responsibly. Exactly. Well, yeah, yeah. As, as much as we can right now. And, and I'd like to say the whole country would be doing that. But uh, that's a whole other story, isn't it, that's, uh Exactly. But no, exactly. That's I think- another
1: protest in Brisbane today. Don't get me started. Uh, exactly.
0: But yeah, bottom line is, you know, as is, is I think we're as safe as we can be and that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, kind of, I booked him for my vaccination, I think, uh, in a couple of weeks' time, which is good. Um, Kate's great. fully vaxxed as well, which is which is awesome, and uh, I think that's the the part of we I realize we're uh, in this country we are reactive more than anything, and when there's no perceivable threat because it was getting handled so well, quote unquote, and life felt normal and everything, no one was in any rush to get vaccinated, and so when we had a few more scares this year. All of a sudden, everyone's like, oh, "I need to get vaccinated, crap!" And it's like the the websites are crashing and stuff like that. And they don't, mm. we don't have enough things as a country. We just, we just didn't have enough vaccines <laughs> and it's like stuff like that. So, we're we're not on track for vaccination numbers. Um, I think people are kind of uh, doing their best for that now, and we're kind of getting back on track as far as you know, panic and everything. But ultimately, is a reactive kind of response, and it is what it is, I guess. You know, so um, we'll see. But yes, um. True true, uh I'll move on though, and that's it's that was some fantastic little tangents down uh all kinds of things, and you know always what i love to get out of these these questions and conversations and yeah that was fun to, <laughs> it's great fun um and 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 reliving that uh that that thought of actually eating ants because i'd forgotten about that that was that was awesome thanks Chesh um that was really
2: like uh, an insight into a mind of a person from a really <laughs> different place than me it's just <laughs> it's giving me it's shivers
0: like, like, like oh,
1: yeah yeah but it's, it's, here's it's, the thing like we're so sort of diverse here um, that I could, I could literally, literally drop that in conversation anywhere, and most people would just be like, "What's a witchetty grub?" Mm. <laughs> because uh, there's a thing that happened in Australia, which is at one time, um, people were more interested <clears throat> in the early two thousands, late nineties, about learning about our indigenous culture, yeah. and for some reason, that's fucking vanished again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like finding out about indigenous food was a, a big thing for me because I, well, I mean, obviously I love food, but um, chefing and stuff, I always wanted to try and find something that was a little bit, you know, different. Mm. Um, so I, I would just like, I wanted to try everything. Um, but I had witchy to grab when I was like a kid. Um, we're talking like maybe 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. Um, and since then, like you just kind of can't find them
0: yeah no totally mm. and we get these other things in the garden that pop up that look like them but they're more just a pest and they try and eat your grass yeah. but uh yeah that's a thing but no i hard agree chesh and i think we've we've seen a lot more um indigenous representation over the i reckon the last 5 years again we talk about uh social norms changing and that's been a big thing and it's it's up to like big media outlets companies whatever to go we uh, acknowledge the you know traditional owners of the land that kind of stuff and like to to normalize that kind of language and actually really mean it is is huge and cuz i mean I, I remember in school we learned a little bit, a bit about indigenous culture but not nearly enough and you know you got to – these are one of the most ancient peoples of of the world and like you know they they have a connection with the land that you can never rival and it's it's you know has to be listened to um and we've talked about it in the past too but Ultimately I, I believe, you know, that kind of uh mindset leads to a level of happiness that, that no Western kind of culture can, you know, can do. <laughs> like we'll always be stressed and anxious, whatever. Like it's it's got to do with nature and connection. So um there's so much we could learn forever, basically. You know, we have to and respect who was here before, essentially. So um and who is here now exactly. So um yeah. you know, it's it's the country we live in and it's also uh, you know, what's happened is over the years has been a great embarrassment and it's, you know, it's about righting wrongs uh, wherever you can, or just kind of moving forward the correct way. So um, yeah. Anyway. So again, we, we're going down tangents, but they're things that are important to us and, and we're talking about, but um, I think the last one I had to ask you, Dan, in just a few words, uh, all that being said, what does magic mean to you, you know, despite all that in an interesting way? Um,
2: well, as a person who has stated that they don't like magic, um it's just about enjoying time with my friends more or less um i, I, I that, especially yeah. now that like i i make a lot of content and i'm starting to work more now that uh i'm just taking on more work uh, after not having worked for a long time Um, i don't have as much time to spend with my friends and it's really nice anytime i get to uh Schedule time to hang out with them and play some magic. I really cherish. It. I just uh, celebrated one year streaming on Twitch, and I got uh, all of my friends who I was uh, originally uh, playing games with over Skype before the pandemic started to come on and play with me. And it was really special to just uh, get to hang out with your friends.
0: Nice, yeah, exactly. I, I love that, and I think that's my favorite takeaway from um, our whole conversation today. Is it's been that you know uh, we don't have to like magic as a product you know, as a, as a, like a, a package and sold product for us and what a company's doing. It's like, we can love it for the, the kind of what the cards do as, you know, the game, so to speak, but it's the game, yeah. to bring the people together kind of thing too. So I think that's really healthy to almost acknowledge that those things totally can exist in unison in a, in a strange way that most people don't think. And it's like, that's awesome.
2: Yeah. It. It's uh there's you can separate, uh, like oh, having yeah. magic be your entire life and just, I don't, I just to like to take a step back from it and just like say on a very base level, I enjoy playing cards with my friends.
0: Yes, exactly. Exactly. The, 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 the game is the conduit, so to speak, and, uh, and the puzzle. Are you, are
1: doing. you saying that you can, uh, keep them separated?
2: <laughs> I was going to, but I was afraid about the copyright <laughs> strikes.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I love it. Um, speaking of then, um, the, the Entertaining is our, our our lovely bookend to this uh, this fun show that has been an absolute blast this time. And uh, we, we delve into any non-magic media that had our tastes or attention this week. Could be a game, could be music, could be movies, TV shows, whatever. Uh, Chesh, I'll hand it over to you. But, uh, yeah, Dan, have a think about if there's anything yeah, you've been vibing.
1: All right. Sure. Well, I'm going to start with hashtag no spoilers, so mm-hmm. don't worry about that. Uh, Marvel dropped What If a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it's been like three weeks now. Mm-hmm. The first episode is Captain Carter, uh, which is what if Ka- Carter got the uh, serum instead of Steve Rogers uh, and is probably what I would consider the best Marvel-made thing in the last 10 Ooh. years. It's really good. Cool. Uh absolutely. and And, you know, it's just, it shows absolutely everything that I wish that, marvel had to put out for captain america yeah. um and it, it, because it was it's such a a strange thing to see carter like get the serum and then still have to fight those you know those stereotypes of like oh you're just a woman yeah. um and her just like kicking absolute fucking ass is fantastic uh the second one being what if t'challa was taken instead of peter quill um and becomes a marauder uh is is slipping a little bit on things and again no spoilers but I'll just say that uh it was fine and the the third one which I'm almost already forgetting and I only watched it last night or the night before uh and that is what if uh marvel's biggest heroes from the avengers all got murdered before the avengers were formed ooh and sounds like it should be really good but the motivations of the murderer are questionable at best and i kind of get it but doesn't make sense because it dips into stuff that actually didn't happen in the marvel universe like in the cinematic universe which kind of breaks it a little bit and it's very much the weakest episode so far Mm. i'm hoping it picks up from there but all in all pretty good awesome
0: it, it, it is someone who doesn't know much about marvel or hasn't followed it whatever but it does seem to me it's like this is almost a cool validating like uh thought experiment that it would almost be like a fanfic thing that's probably existed for years and they're like oh this is like those kind of things that people would talk about uh and make almost concepts of and it's like that is such a cool uh precedent to set that you can almost like you can break like weird rules of time and law and that kind of thing and and just kind of humor them in a way which is sounds amazing
2: yeah the way that uh they have really built up this universe over the years is really impressive to me i also really don't know too much about it at all i i think i might have seen a grand total of zero of (laughs) the universe movies um but i i really appreciate the way that people get excited about them because there are so many uh, it seems like like really like far reaching connections between all these movies, and they go creatively in a lot of directions that people seem to enjoy a lot.
0: Mm, exactly, I love it. Uh, Dan, did you have anything this week?
2: Um, I have been listening a lot to this album by a uh, a heavy metal band called Illustrium called A Monument to Silence. Uh, and it is a really really great album it's uh one of the more sonically interesting albums i've listened to in a little while so check that out i guess yes
0: that's like excellent one of the best things
2: i've been checking out
0: recently i'm I'm sure i'll talk to you a bit more about um there's 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 crossovers inevitable crossovers with with metal and prog and that kind of thing too and um, i've been asking a few people uh to give me like awesome little footholds into kind of swaying over that way too because when you see like as like modern metal bands that kind of thing too a lot of the same kind of things we're talking about with with uh you know artwork and and kind of uh subject matter and and theme and that kind of thing do absolutely exist and it's it's helped a lot to go oh this is actually stuff to go initially it's almost that jazz thing too it's like oh, i'm not a metal person it's like you, you don't have to be a person <laughs> that's into this like, yeah just just try yeah. it out like exactly like and, and try that slippery slope in a weird way and so yeah um as i see someone making a little reference with dark souls with this thing so yeah i'm, I'm totally into it also the uh the artwork would be really good for thoughtsies yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. looks uh that's that's incredible i love it so now we'll check that out uh i had an interesting one that uh uh first of all was actually a game called kingdom come deliverance i've picked up for 10 bucks uh on sale and it's like i'd thought about playing for ages i love games that were not the most popular in in rpg senses or whatever but they like weird and like kind of interesting and confident in their own regard in like mechanics that they're like we're going to do this this way and we're fine with it that kind of thing this is totally that game it's it's historically quite accurate as far as like Middle Ages uh, Czechoslovakia, and feels like you're playing the Tudors, I guess that kind of uh, like era. Um, and I played a lot of Crusader Kings too, so um, that was again another touch point to the time where you're kind of interested a little bit, but it's it's kind of you're just a bit of a tourist in this land at that time, and it's very survivally in a way too. Like it's quite brutal; you've got to learn how to actually sword fight. Um, And then there's a lot of things that connect it to people say it's kind of like Skyrim, but more historical and, you know, probably more glitchy at times too. So And and weirder and like things like the lockpick mechanic, not touching it ever because it's too difficult. Like there's just, why did they design it that way? I have no idea, but it's kind of delightful and weird and endearing that it is just absolutely, you know. Uh, pardon the pun, but impenetrable because I can't get into any chests. So um, I'm spending my time having a lo- delightful time running through the woods, doing you know picking herbs and making alchemy things, um, and it's great, exactly. Um, but the other thing uh, that's that's been actually been a lot of fun. It's a game that you can get really cheap. It's if you just want a uh, an interesting, weird game that's uh that's a it's a good one to run around the countryside on a horse um, it and like some fun. beautiful beautiful vistas and again it's something that's actually fun to get good at as far as like sword fighting and it's quite a cinematic game so a lot of fun um the other thing was what has turned into um as i've kind of talked about the last few months on the podcast uh something i never thought i'd get into but it's it's become something that is the highlight of our uh you know locked at home kind of thursday night with with kate and myself uh we sit down and watch rupaul's drag race and all-Stars season six is on fire and it's, it's near the end and it's just been absolutely amazing. And I was going to make that connection before Chesh that drag race has become my, 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 new sport kind of thing. Like to become mm. like fascinated at like, and you you make predictions and like you get to know like the ins and outs of like drag culture. And then more importantly, like what I say, like what I was saying that was the biggest surprise about the show is like what I really care about is people's stories and, and that, show does the best job at kind of uh, telling those in a way that you like and it's the same I, I love that net like basketball uh, uh thing of psychology motivation what makes people great and this one has that in an, on another level that it's you know uh, pretty much you put down to it like how far uh, representation has come and, and what basically Rupaul has done for you know people's lives essentially and people telling those stories often and you know so it's it's been awesome as far as uh, also the comedy like the last I think few challenges have been, um, incredible. And they're all, I think the four people left now, uh, like the four Queens, Are they're like, I, I could see any of them winning. They're all, uh, got great kind of, you know, reasons to, and, and all excellent of their craft, so to speak. So, um, yeah, check it out. Like I say, it's, you know, something I never thought I'd get into. Um, you know, you can say this thing's not for me or whatever. And it's like, no, it's for anyone. And it's it's very important to, you know, kind of reach out and get into other things, you know, that kind of thing. So um, highly recommended. So it's been awesome. So, yeah, uh, that is my week. That's my – that's the podcast, I think. <laughs> I think that's, the, that's all we need to talk about this week as far as, like, sealing that with a bow and saying that is an absolutely uh, wonderful, delightful kind of great conversation on all things, you know, Food you don't expect to eat, making Pokemon into food, CDH, (laughs) you know anything you want. Community people, (laughs) and I couldn't be happier. Dan couldn't be happier. Shesh, that was that was awesome. And thank you guys so much. So um, yeah, it's wonderful time. So um, yeah, I
2: really appreciate the invite on. This was a really really
0: good time. I'm glad. I'm glad. Let's do it again, and you know try and play some games. I'll I'll try and put that uh, self viola deck together, and we'll we'll hang out. But uh, yeah, definitely, we'll talk about it just some casual commander of of course but uh yeah most importantly I, i say to most people i you know couldn't be true with you dan like just just keep being you you have a great voice in this community and you've you've you mean a lot to a lot of people and you know um been awesome to have around and you know thanks again for those perspectives which i i say embolden my experience with the game when i kind of get people's experience and and perspectives on the game like hey we don't have to love you know Wizards of the coast we don't have to love magic that the, the product we can enjoy the game and the people so um i think that's actually really really healthy so yeah keep it up and um where can the people find you most importantly
2: um my name is dan moderately anonymous mtg you can find me on all of the platforms uh twitch and youtube are what i'm primarily putting out content through i stream on twitch every single wednesday and saturday at 8 p.m eastern uh that it means different things to you, probably in different parts of the world. Yeah, uh, Eastern can, <laughs> in the U.S. <laughs> um, and I put out new YouTube videos every single Saturday. I just put out one last week with Justin Parnell from the Commander versus uh, crew. Oh, nice, that was nice. a lot of fun. Uh, we've got uh, Rachel Weeks from the Commander Advisory Group coming up on stream in a couple of weeks, and uh, some pe- some favorites from the CDH community as well. So lots of good stuff, and we've had lots of uh, other great people uh, in the community as well from the casual people and every other walk of the uh walk of life so yeah uh you can find me on youtube and twitch instagram twitter uh, and tiktok i guess i technically have a tiktok presence
0: nice nice love it um chesh where can the people find you my friend
1: uh you can find me uh on twitch at twitch.tv forward slash plays games or twitch.tv forward slash chesh breaks for nba stuff um youtube just look up uh uh, twitch.tv yeah we already did that Mm -hmm. youtube.com forward slash cheshire plays games where we do commander play
0: frisbee stuff tuesday night frisbee battles yeah that's right thank you Mm -hmm. tuesday night frisbee battles. the name's catching on i like it thank you
1: absolutely just a little bit fried um (laughs) and you can also find me uh at youtube.com forward slash chesh breaks um and if you're interested in, uh, NBA pick your team stuff, obviously look up card punter. Uh, other than that, follow me over on the Twitters at Cheshplayers. Nice. Nice.
0: You can find me at past the jam, Sam on the Instagrams and on the Twitters. Most importantly, where I talk about bad, in, uh, bad, bad NBA cards, bad MTG cards and Frog rock. Sometimes, uh, you're also find me, uh, or the podcast. Sorry, more importantly, uh, on the website, the cmdrcrunch.fireside.fm, on Twitter at cmdr underscore crunch, on Instagram at cmdrcrunch, and you can send thoughts, feedback, anything you want, musings pictures of cephalids to cmdrcrunchpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. So um yeah, no, that's that's like I say, it's been an episode. Love it. Let's typo on it. Um, yeah, uh love you both a lot from what you've what you've been doing and everything, and just just feel grateful to be part of this community. Um any uh any advice this week to uh to, to sign off with, to give our lovely listeners, friends?
1: Um don't don't be shit. <laughs> yeah, I know, right?
0: Yeah.
2: Well, <laughs> I I I was gonna give like the opposite advice and like don't don't be too hard on yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah. Take it easy on yourself as a uh But I think
2: great... I think Jesh also brings up a really great point.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think You that, can do
2: both of those things. They're not they're not uh Exclusive.
0: Totally. I, I think. Uh, further to your point, Dan, like uh, before, just yeah, you know, be a positive ambassador. Like it's you know, just just don't be a gatekeeper. Like that uh, that stuff ends to end itself. So uh, yeah, be welcoming. Awesome. Thanks, folks. Take care.
1: Bye.